pick is finally in. With the first pick of the 2014 NFL Draft. With the first selection of the 2018 MLB Draft. With the first pick in the 2003 NBA Draft. Now for the reason we're all here. We have some business to do. The first selection of the 2013. We are back after the first Sunday, the first real Sunday, Vince. It came, it came. The first pick podcast with you. How you doing, man? Welcome back, y'all. Thank you for listening. We have one football week in the books. I'm feeling so-so right now. So-so. I know it was a rough one for you on Sunday, man. Really tough. Uh, How was it being at the game on Sunday? I know it's not the greatest, but I know you had some fun. How was it? Not cool. Not cool. Um, I enjoyed the game. I always do. Uh, Good people. Uh, It's nice to be at the stadium. It's a tradition that I do. Um, I've been going to the home opener for 10 years in a row now, and I'll probably be continuing that um, for life unless the Jets kill me first from a weak heart. <laughs> they, they might, given yeah, being up 16-0 so. and losing a game by one. Yeah, man. So, uh, But we'll get to that. Today is September 10th, 2019. And On This Day in History, brought to you by OnThisDay.com, in 1918, players on both sides threatened to strike the World Series unless they are guaranteed $2,500 to the winners and $1,000 each to the losers. Uh, I just thought that was interesting to... Give me my money. Pretty much. I think that was the beginning (laughs) of contract negotiations, and that was 101 years ago. And it just goes to show how far we've come that the guys were talking about $2,500 yeah, speaking and, of this clown over here trying to get $30 million, and he winded up getting out of the Raiders and then coming back and getting a raise. He's making more money for the Patriots, but we'll get into that in a second. I also have another one here from 1924. The Giants ripped the Braves in a 22-1 to beatdown, and Freisch goes 6-for-6 six six before grounding out. I like those big high-score games like that. Uh, the Astros put up 21 on Sunday, right. and then they had 15 last night. Houston Astros putting Man. up uh, two touchdowns and three touchdowns. They they almost they score more points than the Dolphins. <laughs> Certainly more than the Dolphins do. So uh, but they were so bad. Again, we find that stuff on onthisday.com. And we're going to get into our first pick news and notes. Absolutely. Absolutely. This weekend was so good, though. Sports was wonderful. So this weekend on Saturday, Serena takes on Bianca. Andrescu, who became the first Canadian Grand Slam champion in history on Saturday, Saturday downing Serena Williams. Serena played someone with equal power, and she was awful, man. She could have been much better. She only hit on 44% of her first serves, while Andrescu completed 70%, 70% and won 70% of those points on her first serve. Serena had 10 unforced error. Andrescu only had one. Serena tried to fight back in the second. She was down like 5-1, and she came back four matches in a row. But then Andrescu finished her off after that. This girl was phenomenal. I watched every point of the match. It it was so much fun to watch. But until next time, Serena will have another chance to to get that tie at 24 with Grand Slams with Margaret Court uh, at the Australian Open coming next year. So that's it for her. USA Basketball looks good versus Greece and Giannis on Saturday in a 69-53 win in the World Cup competition. Kemba led the team with 15 points. 
And also USA easily takes care of Brazil in the last group stage game, 89 to 73 against Brazil on Monday. As usual, Kemba tied for the lead in scoring with 16 points, and Miles Turner from the Pacers added 16 points and 8 rebounds as he was named the TCL player of the game. He was really, really good. I'm excited about this USA team. At first, I was nervous. I didn't think they were good enough, but it seems that the USA team is coming back, man, and they're going to be here in the semifinal, I mean, in the corner final where they take on France and whoever wins the USA and France matchup will take on Argentina who upset Serbia and uh, and Nikolai Jokic this weekend. So I'm looking forward to seeing these guys. I know you're not too interested in that Vince, but they they play they're playing as a team. Pop has these guys functioning really well. I've been impressed in the last two games taking on some really good players. Yeah, I'd rather watch the uh, Orioles and the Tigers play <laughs> and the Tigers have 100 losses already in baseball. So I, I see what you're saying, man, but they, I, hey, they've been good. They've impressed me. I look forward to seeing what they do next. And then, of course, Patriots sign Antonio Brown <laughs> in a bizarre situation that is being reported as planned by Brown. The Patriots starting receivers will now be Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, and Demarius Thomas. <laughs> there have been whispers that Gronk may come back. I've saw a few articles. I've saw some previous players who were saying that there's a real chance that Gronk comes back here in the first half of the season. So I've picked him up in every league I possibly could. I don't know if you guys want to take that chance, but I am for now just in case. But what a ridiculous situation with Antonio Brown, bro. Uh, I actually listened to an interview this morning on the Dan Lubertar show. They had the videographer who was there throughout everything, through the taping of John Gruden's conversation with Antonio Brown, to all the postings. And he said that, you know, they were talking about Antonio Brown possibly going to jail for recording it. And John Gruden loved it. It actually made John Gruden look like a giant idiot after I saw or after I heard this interview this uh today or this morning what are your thoughts on antonio brown moving forward i know they're not good <laughs> well i think it's good that antonio brown's going to the patriots because he likes to record coaches <laughs> and so does bill belichick so he had permission they have something in common they both like to record coaches doing things All right uh, belichick likes to record coaches practicing and antonio likes to record coaches in confident conversations <laughs> so they already have things in common no but um uh, as a Jet fan, obviously, you know I hate it. Right. Uh, you you were texting me on Saturday along with a lot of other people, and I was telling people I don't want to talk. I was very <laughs> upset. I was with my family, and uh, that was terrible news to hear. But I will say this. I felt like the whole thing was premeditated. Uh, it seemed as if Antonio Brown wanted to go to the Patriots before he went to Oakland, Definitely. but the Steelers wouldn't deal him there for obvious reasons. It's just like the reason And they were giving up a first-round draft pick. It's the same reason why you don't want to send players within your division because you're going to have to play that player twice a year. That's why when I look back at other players that went inside the division, right. I think it's the ultimate disrespect, like Donovan McNabb going to the Redskins, Deshaun Jackson going to the Redskins, Curtis Martin going to the Jets. You know, these – this was the ultimate sign of disrespect, saying that we don't believe in you that much that we don't mind seeing you twice a year. I don't think it's disrespect. Now, with Curtis Martin, obviously the Patriots were wrong by giving Curtis Martin to the Jets. He was really good for you guys for Absolutely. a long time. But Gen- McNabb wasn't that great for the Redskins. Most of the time, they give you, they put you in there because you ain't good enough. And see you later. You're you know, on your while, way. While I agree with that statement, I'm just saying that the the the. The basis of that is to show, it's a sign of disrespect. Right, right. They, the view of the player. The like, Eagles oh, oh. were right. The Eagles were right to get rid of McNabb. So I agree right. there. Um, but 
back, getting back to what we what I was saying is that I think it was all premeditated, and I feel like AB went out there and said, "Let me see what this team is about. Let me see what's going to happen here in Oakland." And maybe he didn't like what was going on, so he acted out. Yep. He, he yeah, was it immature? Sure, you know what I mean. And the things that went on, but I think he wanted out of there. The minute he got there and he realized what that team was about and what what's actually going to happen there, so he said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I want. What's the worst case scenario? I'm either gonna get away with all this and get to talk to anybody the way I want and show up when I want, or they're gonna send me packing and I'm gonna go to, to the team I really want to go to. And the reason I say that is because the guy got cut at ten in the morning and by one o'clock he already signed with the Patriots. It's almost like if you know somebody that's in a relationship." and they get a divorce or they break up, and then the next day they're in a relationship with somebody else. In my mind, they were cheating the whole time. They had that relationship <laughs> going on. No, Life is short, man. You can't be wasting too much time. Well, that's the thing. That's my point is that <laughs> this thing was premeditated. So Antonio Brown wanted to do this the whole time, just like when somebody breaks up with somebody else and the next day they're in a relationship, they were doing that the whole time too. And the Patriots have all the leverage because they don't need them to win. They, he, he, just, he almost guarantees their place in the Super Bowl as long as he's playing for them and they can function properly and, he, and they're not going to have to worry about him working hard. That's the last thing you worry about when it comes to Antonio Brown. You worry about his his social acumen, his uh, his ability to just stay quiet and just get to work and go to work and, and move forward in that way. But we'll see moving forward. The Patriots are the only team that could have did this in the way that they did it because they they have they can always sell somebody winning. They can always give somebody winning. Like if you want to come here and you can win, great. Either way, we'll win with or without you. That's what they said to Antonio. He took it. Let's see where it comes out of it. And by the way, he gets 9 million. Uh, he has a 9 million dollar signing bonus with a potential to make 15 million dollars. So, at by the end of this season, he might get a raise after the way he acted in the last few days. We'll see what comes of that. Also, uh, and more news from the U.S. Open. Nadal, Rafael Nadal, w- wins his 19th Grand Slam title in marathon fashion. The match went for five hours and 30 minutes. Nadal, Nadal was up to, lost two straight sets, which included several match points. It was a great final. He, they were actually still playing at 9 o'clock on Sunday night. That's how long. I saw that. That's how long this match was. I was flipping back and forth. It was phenomenal. It actually took me away from football a little bit. These guys, uh, you know, the the top guys in tennis is so impressive. You have Roger at 20. You have Rafael Nadal at 19. And you also have Novak Djokovic, who's, who just won his 16th at Wimbledon, the one before this. What other sport do you you have the three greatest of all time who follow the previous accepted best player of all time, who was Pete Sampras, who had 14 grand slams, and he's getting smoked by three guys. Imagine having three guys in the NFL winning as much as Tom Brady or having three guys in the NBA that were the status of Michael Jordan all at one time. There's no other sport that has that kind of talent at the top. And in history, I can't I can't think of a time where it's allowed now. Also in tennis, they play four major tournaments a year. Of course, there's only one championship in the NBA a year. There's only one championship for football, so on, and other sports. But I just find it phenomenal. These guys are at the top of their game, and I don't see them falling down yet uh i don't nobody under 30 has won a grand slam in tennis in a decade 
And what's that other dude's name that played in the doll? I can't say his name. Uh, Medvedev. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, he was really interesting. He had a lot to say. Yeah, I like that he, he was fun. He was really fun to watch. So um, that's it for tennis. You guys don't have to worry about tennis for a while. Their se- the U.S. Open ends their season. They'll be coming back with the Australian Open uh, here at the beginning of next year. So they're in their off season after this one. So nothing big coming up. So uh, for those of you who didn't like me talking about it, you're good to go. <laughs> and, that's okay because hockey's around the corner, y'all, and I'm going to be talking about that <laughs> so just get ready we got the whole month of october coming up uh, yep yep so and last for me uh key nfl sunday fantasy injuries just to inform some of you who are out there who play fantasy tevin coleman is down tyreek hill is down baker mayfield with the hand but it looks like he's going to be able to come back patrick mahomes with the sprained ankle but it looks like he's going to be able to come back also joe mixon he's day-to-day right now with the ankle the mri came out good it's just a sprain uh, so if you own him you're good to go and then Darius Geis from the Redskins is now going to be out for a few weeks so if you have AP out there you're good to go but if he's on your waiver wire he's a pickup and we might be diving into that to a little bit later and then my last one which fits right into your wheelhouse Vince it is last night what what happened to the Boston Red Sox and by the way why would you fire your GM the day a year after you won the World Series, relax. You need to relax a little bit. But I did. I did see a stat this morning that said after their five uh, five zero shutout yesterday, the Yankees of the Red, Sco- Red Sox that was their fourteenth win against the Yankees. That is the first time the Yankees have won that many games versus the Red Sox since 1969. That's a crazy stat, man. I got one even more crazier. The Yankees and Red Sox did not play a one-run game against each other this year, which means this is the first time in history of the rivalry that this has occurred. The two teams began playing in 1903 when the Yankees were established. This is the first time? In 116 years. They have never not played a one-run game except for this season. (laughs) That is a stat of the day, man. man. That's a long time for them not. Man, that's crazy. I thought that was pretty cool to mention. I know there's a lot of Yankees fans that listen, a few Bo Sox fans. So uh, I know that that's big and, uh, you know, I thought that would be uh, noteworthy, so to say. Uh, Another team in baseball that's killing it right now, uh, the Astros were the first team in major league baseball history to hit six home runs in the first two innings of a game and that was last night they won 15 to zero um, <laughs> and it's gonna be hard I, i'm actually I, i'm excited for the baseball playoffs yeah, I, I know i'm not you know i'm not a regular season guy I like that but but the idea of being able to see what happens when the astros seem to well you know what you never know baseball is a very finicky game anything can happen at Mm. any time but i hope it's yankees astros for the al going up against and i want to see whoever wins that to play the dodgers and i want to see the best of the best go at it i hope that happens in this baseball playoffs um while i agree with your al matchup uh as far as you know the yankees and and astros playing i think that would be cool i won't i won't count out the twins yet or Cleveland, maybe yeah, Cleveland, you know, there's some maybe. good teams. I'm not saying yeah. it's gonna happen. It's just I, my hope. <laughs> I'm, I'm in, I can't wait to see what happens with baseball. There are Oakland A's are looking good. Uh, uh, not last night, of course, because they got smoked by the Astros. Um, but your NL team, the Dodgers. I hope you're wrong there because I hope my Mets are in. Of course, of but course. Uh, you know that's that's wishful thinking. Speaking of my New York Metropolitans, with his 46th and. <laughs> 
47th home run last night. Pistol Pete, a.k.a. the Polar Bear, a.k.a. Pete Alonzo, has opened up September with a nine-game hitting streak, excuse me, eight-game hitting streak, and six home runs. And I found that stat from MLB Stats on Twitter. Wow, man. And I got to plug this person. I I, want to make sure I I, I keep doing this, guys, so I apologize. But that stat I found about the Yankees and Red Sox, I got that from S. Langs on Sports on Twitter. That's S. Langs on Sports. It's actually a woman writer, and and I I scrolled through her timeline, and I was just, my my jaw dropped with the amount of stuff that she she had. She has great info. I could literally read you guys off stats in every sport. Um probably for about 20 minutes and you'd just be like whoa whoa i always wonder where these people find this stuff you know what i mean uh but i want to i want to shout out these people because i want to you know i want to show love it's their you. credit they're doing the homework Absolutely. you I'm know just, i'm just getting it to you guys and that's what we do here at the first pick podcast uh don't forget this is your boy Vinny goombats you can find me on twitter and on instagram at v-i-n-n-y-g-o-o-m-b-o-t-s and you can find the first pick pod on twitter instagram and facebook at the first pick pod kev where could they find you at and uh where can they listen to us at biggest boss 76 on instagram and twitter and you can listen to us on soundcloud spotify itunes podcast addict podcoin and i'm gonna say itunes again rate review interact we need you guys interactions we interactions we need we need you guys to let us know what you like what you don't like uh you know we want we want your input so any place where you can interact with us and some of you have so i truly truly appreciate it a lot of you have been commenting on instagram and facebook and interacting with us it is 100 appreciated we're going to keep doing this we're going to keep fighting through to make sure we can get these out for you every week so we appreciate the support what else do we have coming up for the rest of the pod Vince? so i got two more notes uh, that I want to get to, and I'm going to give you guys a rundown of what this episode is going to feature. Now, both of these, I'm going to try not to gag as I say them because <laughs> I'm going to be discussing that team up there in Boston. But in week one, the Patriots ran 25 plays without a tight end on the field. During the entire 2018 season, the Patriots only ran 24 offensive plays with a zero tight end set on the field. It makes total sense. But you realize the Patriots were the team that ushered in the idea of basically just playing out of two tight end because that's when they had the serial killer and then they also had Rob Gronkowski both mm-hmm. at the same time. They ushered that in and now that they don't have it, they totally morphed overnight in a summer to do something different. It just it lends to the coaching staff and I know you said you're going to gag, but they are spectacular. They are really mm-hmm. good at what they do, man. Uh, I got that from Sports Center on Instagram. Uh, not a, not, we all know who they are, but uh, I thought that was interesting and I wanted to share. And um, before we dive into uh, our breakdowns of next week's games, I just want to point this out now so you guys hear it today and then you will hear it again when we break down next week's uh, week two's games. But the Patriots have opened at a minus 17-point favorite at Miami on Sunday. The line has already moved to minus 17 and a half and I'm pretty sure it's at minus 18 right now um I'll double check on that but according to odd shark database the Patriots have been a road favorite of 17 and a half or more just once when they beat the Ravens 27 to 24 as a 19 point favorite on December 3rd 2007 uh obviously they didn't cover that number so that's something to be weary about there people um and the Patriots are also one and five straight up in Miami since 
2013, despite being favored by more than a touchdown in just four of those five games. Excuse me, four of those six games. The difference is the teams that they were playing before Miami had semblance of talent. There was an Adamican Sue, there was a Kiko Alonso, there was an a there was an average to a little bit above average quarterback. Uh, they don't have any of that. I, I if they put the number at 24, I feel like they're going to cover it. That's how I feel about this game, man. It's going to be uh, I think it's going to be crazy. They don't they don't have any talent. That's the problem. While I agree with you there, I have being a better, I've seen crazy stuff. <laughs> mystical things happen <laughs> while everything in the world points to the Patriots dominating and literally destroying this horrible Miami Dolphins team. You remember what happened last year? I do. I was in Miami. I yeah. I, I and and it's just it's amazing. And for you guys that don't know, I'm going to remind you that there was a a last second hook and ladder play where old robot Gronk, Gronk was out there trying to tackle somebody, and somehow, some way, the Miami miracle happened again, and the Dolphins wound up scoring a touchdown to win the game. I this would be the one game that I would literally say I would bet my house on that the Patriots would win. As far as them covering, I, I don't see how Miami covers this game. Right. But I've seen this story or this movie before right. where everything in the world points to one team. And something crazy happens. And something happens. happens. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and that might be some Dolphins fan out there pulling a Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding on Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't know. But um, I love that reference, by the way. You're welcome. Trying to bust her kneecaps to try to win the Olympics. So something could happen there. Um, What we're going to be bringing you guys today in this episode, uh, we're going to be giving you a week one recap, breaking down some of these games. Some we're going to pass up on, like the Dolphins. There's really not much to talk about them. We're gonna, but we'll get we'll get into every game. We're going to give you some Wednesday waiver ads, uh, fantasy football. Tuesday is the day to get your waiver wire ads in. We're going to tell you which guys you want to look at and which ones you don't care to mess with. Um, Make sure you listen to that segment. That is key for your week matchups. We'll do a little bit of Major League Baseball playoff race, wild card race. Give you some Thursday night football preview between the Carolina Panthers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Stay with us, y'all. We'll be back soon. Welcome back to the First Pick Podcast. This is your boy, Vinny Goombots. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at V-I-N-N-Y-G-O-O-M-B-O-T-S. And you can find the First Pick Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at the First Pick Pod. We are also on Facebook at the First Pick Podcast. <laughs> Big Kev, where can they find you at? At BiggestBoss76 on Instagram, on Twitter. And also, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Podcoin, and of course, the big dog, iTunes. Rate, review, interact. Let's get to it. First weekend, Sunday, week one. Raiders, Broncos last night. 
super impressed with the Raiders, man. I, I, they came out blazing. They, the energy from the defense, from the offense, from from everywhere. You had, you can tangibly feel it. Like, get out of here, uh, Antonio Brown. You were a addition by subtraction for this football team, and they took that energy and they took it to Denver in a 24-16 win on Sunday night. And those, and that, I mean, sorry, and Monday night where they do the double ups, which I do like, but it's so hard to make it through. Oh those, my man. God, I was dying. <laughs> I went to bed uh, in like the, the beginning of the fourth quarter, and I was actually talking to a buddy of mine who lives out in Vegas, and uh, he was laughing at me, telling me it was 7.30 over there, and I was telling him how jealous I was. I wish I could watch a game at 7.30. <laughs> it would be awesome. Which meant that the first Monday night game was going on at like 4 o'clock. Could you imagine that? That's awesome. Man. I would be so happy about that, but <laughs> I guess you both. <laughs> it's a perspective thing. I guess the West have a certain view, and we have a certain view, but there was... Uh, Derek Carr was so good. He was 20, 22 for 26, 259 yards, a touchdown, 10 yards per throw, which is really good. 121 QB rating. Josh Jacobs, he put on the show. He did. He showed up. SEC, Alabama, showing up in the NFL. 23 carries, 85 yards, two touchdowns. That average needs to get up, though. He's only getting 3.7 per run. I think that also goes towards that offensive line, but they'll get better. Tyrell Williams, great. Six catches, 105 yards, 17 yards per catch, touchdown. And then also Waller. Your boy. Yes, I, I got him in our in our listener league. I was like, you know, I was trying to give him away, but no, 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 no. Not after that show. Darren Waller last night with seven catches, 70 yards. They were really impressive. Uh, what are some of your insights from the game? I know you were liking Joe Flacco. I know Sutton showed up. What are some of your views on these teams, man? Yeah, I was impressed with the uh, tempo of the Raiders offense. They, they seem to really move the ball uh, at a good clip. And uh, every time the Broncos scored, or drove down, kicked a field goal, you know, score in general, Mm -hmm. uh, the Raiders responded. It seemed like the ball got kicked off in the first play. It was like a boom, 30-yard bomb, or like a boom, 20-yard run by uh, Jacobs. So uh, their offense really up-tempo, impressed with the Raiders. Uh, I'm not really sure if I'm impressed with the Raiders' offense or if I am uh, disappointed in the Broncos' defense. Uh, Their defense did not show up. I had mentioned on our NFC North breakdown episode um, that Bryce Callahan, former cornerback for the Chicago Bears, was a very good uh, shutdown corner. He did not play for the Denver Broncos. He was uh, moved there in the offseason, and uh, I think that that factored into a lot in how much Tyrell Williams was able to uh, factor into this game, as well as Darren Waller, because uh, you know one of the other cornerbacks were on them. Um, I was impressed with Flacco. He looked comfortable. He 21 for 31, 268 yards and a touchdown. That's kind of the Joe Flacco stat line. It is. He's not going to light it up and throw 500 yards. Uh, he's also not going to turn the ball over a lot. He, he, you know, he had a few plays he wished he could have back. Um, one of them, Deshaun Hamilton dropped a touchdown in the end zone. It was a great play. Flacco stepped up into the pocket. It was one of the plays I was watching, and uh, Hamilton just didn't bring it in. I was impressed with Emmanuel Sanders. Very happy to see him. Five receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. I like to see him bounce back off that injury. I had him last year on a lot of my fantasy teams, and uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to grab him this year because I guess everybody else, that that everyone else thought he would respond like he did. Um, Noah Fant, two catches for 29 yards. That's Denver's tight end rookie out of Iowa. Um, 
I thought I'd see a little bit more out of him, but uh, I'm not I'm not ready to to sell him yet. I have him drafted in two teams. I think he's going to be okay once they figure things out with this offense. Cortland Sutton, seven receptions, a buck twenty. Kev, how you feel about Cortland Sutton? I like him so far. I also hate him so far. I understand. <laughs> and why do you hate him? In Talk our to in us. our big boy league, I was playing your brother in law and. I think I went into this game, into this Monday night. I, I was up 122 to 58, and between him and Deshaun Watson, I wind up losing 123 to 122. That sucks. That's man. exactly happened to me on the way uh, last year going into the playoffs. I just needed one win, and Joey come, comes out of nowhere and beats me by two points, and then I, I miss out on the playoffs. But I was impressed with him. He was very good. Him and Joe Flacco just seem to have a really good relationship. And just just so you guys know what, what Denver's going to be about this year, despite that loss, Cortland Sutton, 17.1 yards per catch. Mm. Emmanuel Sanders, 17.2 yards per catch. Noah Fant, 14.1 yards per catch. Mm. Get those boys. Joe Flacco's trying to get it down the field on them. Um, there's really not much to take out of this other than I am a little scared of this this defense here no turnovers yeah. no sacks with von miller no interceptions nothing what's going on over there they got the talent what are they doing we'll see but we'll move on to the next well oh we get there go ahead good. my Bra- bad bryce callahan is going to make an impact and that oh. might be able to change some things they're going to need this guy to get back and one more thing before we move forward i said it before and i'm gonna say it again don't fall in love with guys from last year you know who i'm talking about Philip Lindsay, 11 attempts, 43 rushing yards, four receptions, 23 yards. Not terrible, but not impressed. Royce Freeman, 10 attempts, 56 yards. I love Rolls Royce. This is going to be a shared backfield, y'all. If you have Philip Lindsay, be aware. If he has a good game, you might want to ship him out especially the way this defense played. I know it's a one-game sample size, but it's just something to be weary about. I'm not saying Philip Lindsay is a sell right away. He's going to get you 12, maybe 15 points, but this dude ain't dropping 30 burgers like he was last year. Just keep an eye on that. That's all I got for this game. All right, on to the next. Houston versus the Saints. My guess, this would be the game of the week. This was even better than the Colts and Chargers, but... The the Texans go down twenty eight to thirty to the Saints, and, and at the, right at the end of the game, the Texans actually gave them that game. Why are you playing ten yards off the receivers when all the offense needs is twelve yards? I'm trying to understand that. Why would you play? Why not still be aggressive? They're not. You know what I'm saying? I I, I just didn't understand. I'll that. tell you why. The head coach. <laughs> I guess he's a yeah, he was scared. I guess, but you got to stay Bill aggressive O'Brien in that. Brian is a bad head coach. I got nothing against the guy personally. Uh, I watched him on Hard Knocks two years ago, so I kind of like the guy. Okay, I don't think he's a good head coach and uh clock management and plays like that are all the reason why but continue on we will say we will see what what he does for the rest of the season but deshaun watson looked like the best quarterback on the field up until that fourth quarter but he was really good 20 for 30 268 yards three touchdowns one interception one uh, 114 qb rating he was really good yesterday but that dive into the end zone where he landed on his back that has me a little nervous. He mm-hmm. he was dealing with the back all game. He went into the blue tent a couple times. That offensive line has to get it together. Laramie Tunzel came out and said, he's like, we got to do better. He's like, what would we give up? Six sacks on this guy? He's like, we have to give him time. But we also have to also let him know, Laramie just got there. 
They have, it, it takes time for an offensive line to gel. They need camp for that, which they didn't have. So give them a chance. But the rest of the offense was just phenomenal for Houston. Uh, Hopkins, eight catches, 111, two touchdowns. Fuller started off with that big giant uh, uh, throw from uh, at the beginning of the game. Carlos Hyde, crazy. 10, 10 rushes, 83 yards, 8.3 yards per carry. Duke Johnson wasn't much, uh, was a little bit less. Nine carries, 57 yards, 6.3 yards per run. Phenomenal. What are you thinking? Um, I mean, the offense looked great. Like you said, they got to, we're worried about this offensive line. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I don't think Deshaun Watson makes it through the season. He, he can't be getting sacked like this. Six sacks last night. He was the most sacked quarterback last year. This can't go on because he's going to get hurt. And uh, I don't care if they add Laramie Tunsil. Um, I'm not going to put this guy down because I think he's a good football player. But um, I don't know if he left his uh, gas mask at home or in uh, in Miami because um, they draft reference. He needs to uh, he needs to get it together. I know he just got there, but uh, you played offensive line. You know that the offensive line needs to gel. They need this. They need this guy protected. And I mean Deshaun Watson. I uh, was impressed with Carlos Hyde. He got cut. He got traded. You know, um, I'm glad to see him find a home, and it looks like he's going to be the lead rushing guy here while Duke Johnson is his normal role, getting a few rushes and catching out of the backfield. He had four receptions last night for 33 yards, uh, nine attempts for 57 on the ground. Will Fuller catching bombs. Kenny Stills got a little involved. Um, Hopkins did what he did. Uh, these are two good teams. Yes. The Texans are going to win their division. I'm saying it now. Um, and uh, this was just a coaching error. Saints, never count out Drew Brees. Can't do it. Kamara was Kamara. Uh, 13 attempts, 97 yards. Thomas seven, was Thomas. Oh, seven receptions, 72 yards. And Michael Thomas was Michael Thomas. 10 receptions, 123 yards. Ted Ginn Jr., still going. <laughs> Getting deep. Seven <laughs> receptions, 101 yards. Uh, I was... I don't want to get talking about Jared Cook because I needed three points from you, Jared Cook, and you got me f- nothing. You got me nothing. You got I me got five. five points from I you. I got five. I mean, I needed three more. Oh, oh okay. I was I about needed, to say, he got I needed five. eight overall, <laughs> okay. and he got me five. Two receptions for 37 yards. I'm not happy. Not happy with that. <laughs> um, our boy, though, Traquan Smith, two receptions, 26 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, me and Kev were high on Traquan last year. I think at some point, slowly, he will emerge as the number two. The only problem is uh, Drew don't really care who he throws to. He just cares about winning. And uh, we saw that last night. These are going to be two good teams. This was a good game. I don't think this is uh, that bad for Houston. They're going to win their division. Me and Kev were both also on Houston plus six and a half. We didn't sweat at all. No sweating at all. I felt good the whole game, especially when they they were up. They had a chance to go up in the third quarter, 21-10, before Drew Brees started to put that on. So there was no sweat for that at all. We'll see how it goes. Anything right now will be mostly an overreaction. We have to give these guys at least three to four weeks to get themselves together before we start saying, who's this? Who are our power five? Who's at the bottom of the league? Who, Who is still in the middle class? We'll see moving forward. But on to the next. Going into Sunday Night Football. Patriots, Pittsburgh. Smack show. <laughs> it was bad. This was one of those spankings where you get put over the knee and you just get pop, pop, yeah. pop. Right right in the bottom of the butt, man. This was really bad. Uh, New England, 33. Pittsburgh, 3. 
New England look like New England, but I'm a little nervous for these boys over there. You lose an Antonio Brown, you lose a Le'Veon Bell. It's just not the same. James Conner, yes, he's a good football player. He's not Le'Veon Bell. Juju has the potential to be that, but in his first day of of being the guy, it didn't look too good. He had six catches for 78 yards, which is kind of on par with the other top receivers in the league. Odell had seven for 70, you know, so we can't kill him too bad, but he also wasn't a game breaker. He didn't make the plays that can maybe get his team back into the game. Uh, The Patriots, they're just ridiculous. Between Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett out of nowhere, four catches. I was like, what? Like, He's finally coming alive. Like I, I forgot Philip Dorsett was on this team, and he kind of let me know that uh, Sunday night. And I was also a first-round draft pick. I was drafted by the Colts, and now the Patriots are using me to the best of my abilities. You know who they traded him for, right? I don't remember that. Jacoby Brissett. Oh, that was actually that, that worked Dorsett out for everybody. For actually, it sure did. That worked out really well. So that was a good trade for both sides of the team. So, and then of course they had a million running backs doing a million different things. But I will say that, as always, I thought James White came out with the best share. Came out with the best look as far as because he's he's so important to their passing game. He is. I think he's going to be the fill in for Gronk at least for those receptions for the time being. What are some of your other insights from the game? Because I don't have much right now. They need to get. A, still need to get it together and that's it yeah i mean i i um i do a pick em league and where it's where you pick every team against the spread so i did side with pittsburgh plus five and a half couldn't have been more wrong there uh tomlin just does not know how to game plan for bill belichick and the patriots uh it's been shown in the past and it's again here i don't know if this team can operate without antonio brown and Le'Veon bell this might be a down year but it's all it's one game i can't get crazy about it right uh, i have james connor in our listener league very disappointed. Um, you know, uh, this offense didn't look good. I'm, I'm worried about a lot of these guys. I have James Washington in one league. Didn't look good. I have Vance McDonald in one league. Didn't look good. I also have Dante Moncrief. Didn't look good. You mm-hmm. know, um, I'm worried about this offense, but it is one game. Um, I, I did say the Steelers are a team you can never count out. So, uh, long way to go. Not impressed with week one, obviously. Um, but I'm not, I'm not pumping the brakes on any of these guys yet. But I am nervous. Yeah, by am week nervous. four, if they're still doing this, then yeah, we got problems. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna have to might, you might have to uh, hit the emergency eject. You know, yeah. <laughs> see, see you later. They do have Seattle next week. Um, and if anything, we learned from that game, their defense isn't really shut down as it always is. The you know the Seattle defense. So uh, we'll see. They're gonna be at home. Then they got San Fran, Cincinnati, and the Ravens. So San Fran and Cincinnati's defense isn't shut down as well. So they're gonna have to get this stuff in gear. Um, and then they have the you know the middle chunk of the season there after the bye week. Um, it's just uh, it's still early. You know the jury's out. As far as that team up there in New England, I mean, I hate talking about them, but they look scary. Uh, and this is all without Antonio Brown. Yep. Uh, they don't let. They don't let up. Belichick doesn't let off your throat. You know, he steps on you and he keeps going. Um, it was uh, it was just a, a good old-fashioned beatdown. As far as being impressed with anybody, I mean, Brady, I said he wouldn't be a guy that would win you games, but, yeah, he proved me wrong. And I say win you games in fantasy, uh, 24, 36, 340 yards and three touchdowns. But the one thing about the Patriots that I will always say is they will switch it up. Next week, they'll run the ball 45 times. Yep, I and agree Brady with will that. have 17 pass attempts and maybe no touchdowns. That's what this team does. 
And that's why fantasy value with this team is sketchy. Sure, the players are great. Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, these guys are reception monsters. But you just don't know who is going to be who. Like Kevin said, Philip Dorsett out of nowhere. Two touchdowns. I don't think there's a person out there that has this guy on their roster, let alone in their starting lineup. So um, I don't know where to go here. I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. This running backfield, I don't want no parts of it. Sony Michelle, 15 attempts, 14 yards. Nada. James White, four attempts, 26 yards. Sure, James White was involved in the in the passing game, but he had 12 fantasy points. That's a C minus or a D plus in my book. Sure, you're not mad about that, but you're not happy. You know what guy had a lot of points? Rex Burkhead. And I don't think there's a person out there that had this dude in the starting lineup, let alone on their roster. Brandon Bolden had a rushing attempt, and you know what's going to happen next week? Bill Belichick's going to put yellow socks on, and they're going to have the rookie running the ball, and James White ain't going to get a single touch. And that's what happens with the Patriots. You never know what you're going to get. They're a box of chocolates. That's all I got. Smoke show. That's it. And then I will say, their top, I think there's enough balls for everybody. Uh, counter to what Vince said, I think there's enough balls for everybody. Their top five receivers all had 10 points or more in this game. So we'll, we will see. So you so so you picking up Philip Dorsett? Oh, no. But oh, if somebody wants not? to trade me James White, I'll okay, take James I'm White. I'm curious. Why, why wouldn't you take why, Philip Dorsett? Why, why, would you say, why, why would you say Philip Dorsett, Dorsett? He was the leading receiver for this team. So what? He, we know he's not the leading receiver for this team. My, we know that, Julian that, Edelman is the leading receiver of this team. And that's my point. You're not going to take Philip Dorsett. And what if he comes out next week and he's the re- leading receiver again? He may be, but I I know for no, I know for sure I can guarantee you that Julie, Julian Edelman will always get his. Absolutely, in this I, I agree. I said it when we did our AFC East breakdown. Julian Edelman is the only guy I want on this team for receptions. And now with AB there, it's going to be crazy. I agree, but uh, I still don't want no parts. <laughs> well, we're on to the next 49ers, Tampa Bay. This just in. The New York Jets sign a new kicker, Sam Finken. I don't know who he is, but anybody's better than that bum we had. <laughs> who lost you the game because it, he- it took a day too long. <laughs> this kid should have been gone Sunday night. I should have got this alert Sunday night, not Tuesday. Anyway. <laughs> they had to have a kicking competition first yeah, to find out who they were going to have. bum, Sam Thinking. He's going to be gone next week anyway when he shanks more kicks. Anyway, next game. So, San Francisco, 31, uh, 31 points in the win versus Tampa Bay, ever, uh, who had 17. Jameis Winston was the better quarterback for San Francisco on this day, given the way he threw the football. He was not very good. Jameis Winston had, was 20 for 36. He had three interceptions, two of those on, like, really short routes. They just got picked off and taken from him but uh i'm not i wasn't too impressed with him me and vince both really love bruce arians we both really love byron leftwich but uh, it wasn't a good showing i don't know if it's them i don't know if it's uh winston i do think he pulls it together they're gonna have some big games uh uh, joey garops joey garops jimmy garoppolo had a decent day 18 for 27 uh 166 yards a touchdown and a pick uh Kittle was okay. Eight catches, 54 yards. They won the game. That's all that really matters to those guys. They don't care about fantasy. But I know that you've been paying attention to this running back backfield. What do you think about these guys? What other insights do you have on top of that? 
Uh, yeah, Tevin Coleman getting hurt. That's going to change a lot. Um, I have Matt Breeder in our listener league. Very disappointing. Only had three points, 15 attempts, 37 yards. Uh, but these guys are always banged up, and here we go again. And if you're a Matt Breeder owner, you got to start this dude. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are 12th against the run. Not loving that, but somebody's got to get the rock here. Um, Coleman's not going to play. Uh, you're going to have Matt Breeder and Raheem Mostert. You might get a little bit of Jeff Wilson Jr. if they bring him in. Um, but I'm concerned with Dante Pettis. You know I was high on him. He only played, I think, three or four snaps. One catch for seven yards. Not impressed, and I'm worried. I'm big time worried because not only he is dealing with some kind of injury, but he's also dealing with the fact that the coach might not want him on the field. So, uh uh, that's something I'm keeping my eye on. I have him in two leagues on my bench. Luckily, I didn't start him, um, but I am I am worried there. I had Jimmy GQ as one of my widits in our Witted or Against the segment. Okay. Uh, like I said, that's kind of like a D plus, C minus. He had 12.4 fantasy points. Nothing to brag about, but it also wasn't awful. Again, they won the game. San Fran was plus one against the spread. Um, I had them in our shares league. Okay. And uh, shares league is basically Kevin and I playing a league that uh, you can wager fictitious amounts of money. Yes. Um, and uh, basically the guy at the end uh, kind of gets a free dinner, so to say. <laughs> uh, but um, I did I did like the, uh, the 49ers there, and I did take them uh, straight up without the one point because that's pointless. But – that's that there. Bucks, uh, same thing. Running back problems. Ronald Jones, 13 attempts, 75 yards. Peyton Barber, 8 attempts, 33 yards. They don't know who's going to be the guy, and uh, I don't know either. I have Peyton Barber in the league as a backup. He's my fourth running back on my on my list, so I'm not too worried about yeah. it. If I was absolutely stuck, obviously, I'd have to be in a really bad place to use Peyton Barber, but he is on my team, but I think he's going to be uh, – he'll be on your waiver soon if you're in a league with me. But uh, I, I'm with you on that. And then um, you have Godwin. You also had Evans. I know you have mentioned that Evans was sick before the game. Mm-hmm. He, he had flu-like symptoms. So that goes into that. So don't be weary of that. That was from Vince. Also, I think the offense is going to get better, but I am a little concerned with some of those early turnovers for for Jameis Winston and how he looked. I also think that San Francisco has a decent defense because we dug into the AFC West, and I was like, after looking at this, that's a good squad. You know, you know, I think they'll wind up being in, they'll wind up middling in that 13, 14, 15, 16 area in the NFL by the by the end of the season. We'll see what happens. Um, do you have anything else for these guys? Yeah, just a guy to keep your eye on. Uh, I have him in our listener league on my bench. I'm going to butcher his name really bad, but I'm going to try it again. Dare Ogunbowale. Dare. Oh, Ogunbowale? Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, say it? Uh, Ogunbowale. Ogunbowale. I think. I, I've heard his name before. That's the only reason why I came out and said it so quickly, but I heard his name on television okay. before. <laughs> yeah, this boy, uh, he played at Wisconsin last year. Um, I have my eye on him already. I think he's going to emerge as the lead guy. Now, he did not run the ball at all, but he had four receptions for 33 yards, seven fantasy points, not bad. Um, he's somebody to keep your eye on. We will talk about him in, on our waiver Wednesday ads. But... uh. That's about it from this game. Not much going on. 
that's that. On to one of the best games of the week. It didn't start out looking that way, but it ended that way. Detroit versus Arizona in a tie, 27-27. to Matt Stafford looking great. Kyler Murray also looking great. At least for one quarter, he looked great because when I tell you he started off, I sat Baker Mayfield for Kyler Murray in our big boy 14-person league, and Kyler Murray gave me a chance to win. Even though I still lost by one point, I was so happy I made that choice on Saturday because he truly saved me and gave me at least an opportunity to win a game, which is what you want from a quarterback in real life and in fantasy. Go ahead. Very good play. Sorry to cut you off there. I saw that you pivoted off of Baker, and uh, obviously – the the numbers show that was a good play um tennessee has a good defense which is we, baker, we knew we baker knew. didn't perform well while kyler was playing against a shaky defense and had a subpar not so good first half but came alive in the second half yes. i just you know you have to try to take the small victories here people you're listening to a guy that went 0 for 4 in fantasy okay <laughs> i did not win any of my fantasy games i will get to that but when you lose, you have to look at where did you win. And although Kevin lost by one point, and those are very disheartening, he won in the quarterback battle. All you can do is put the best guys out there. You got points on your bench that could have won you the game. That's where it hurts because that means you lost. You didn't put the right guys in. Kevin put the right guys in. And I'm just telling you guys out there, fantasy owners, if you had a tough loss, but you put the right guys in, you're doing the right things. That's what you got to keep doing. Listen to Kevin. Listen to myself. We're trying to help you guys out here. And uh, Kevin pivoted off of Baker. Baker, the touchdown maker, because he wasn't making no touchdowns. And, uh, <laughs> he had a really bad day. And Kyler did. Let's get back to this game, though. My bad, Kev. No problem. There's nothing wrong with that little uh, sidebar. Side yeah, nothing wrong with little that. fantasy sidebar. <laughs> you got to take the victories even in the loss. So we had Johnson who came out and they used him really well. He had 18 rushes for 82 yards. He was also really good in the past game. David Johnson. David Johnson. What did I say? No, you you said Johnson, but I just want to clarify because there are two Johnsons in this game at running back. You are correct. I apologize on that. And David Johnson, who is the main horse for the team. And he also had six catches for 55 yards. Larry Fitz is... Larry the legend. (laughs) He's always the man. He's the man. He's only going to play if he can continue to... To play and obviously with eight catches and 113 yards and a touchdown 14 yards per catch the guy is still in the game Kyler Murray 54 attempts um 308 yards five yards per throw obviously you want to pick that up two touchdowns interception 75 QBR so he could have been better but I know you've been high on so I know you're high on some of these boys on the Lions what do you think about Stafford he had a great day Hawkinson uh Sleeper alert, sleeper alert. If he is on your waiver wire anywhere, you start putting that guy in there. But go ahead. Give us what you're thinking on the lines. I know you like some of these dudes. So uh, first off, I'll start off with Matt Stafford. Um, I did say he was a guy. I was with it. Put him in your starting lineups. I was right. 27 of 45, 385 yards and three touchdowns. That was good for 33 fantasy points. Um He's going to be slinging it. These guys were catching it. TJ Hawkinson, six receptions, 131 yards. This is a rookie tight end out of Iowa. Shout out to one of our listeners, Scuba Steve. Um, He had drafted him. I I wanted him. 
Anybody that has this guy in the lineup, he's going to be a set it and forget it guy. Is he going to perform like this every game? Absolutely not. These are crazy numbers for his first game. Congrats to the kid. Um, But he's going to be good. And the reason is because there's a lot of weapons here. Another guy that I am impressed with, Kevin, Danny Amendola. He looked great, man. Seven (laughs) receptions, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Um, And that's what's going on here with this team is that Stafford has a lot of weapons. Danny Amendola. Marvin Jones Jr., four receptions, 56 yards. Kevin Kenny Galladay, four receptions, 42 yards. They even got J.D. McKissick involved, two out of the backfield for 24. Um, They got Jesse James, the other tight end from Pittsburgh. He had a reception. Um, Wasn't impressed with Kerryon Johnson, two receptions, 13 yards. And then on the ground, six attempts, 43 yards. Excuse me, 49 yards. Mm -hmm. Um wasn't impressed there. I have him in one league. Uh, I'm a little nervous because Arizona's defense doesn't scare me. So the fact that they didn't run the ball enough or he didn't execute kind of has me a little nervous there. And on the Arizona Cardinals side, we already touched on most of them. But the one guy I am weary about was Christian Kirk. I was high on this kid this year, and uh, that game Sunday uh, didn't help. Four receptions, 32 yards. He's got to put in more work, and I think maybe that's just him and Kyler getting on the same page. It's I easy to so. get on page with Larry the Legend. I think uh, my 14-month-old son could throw Larry the Legend a touchdown. <laughs> He'll be open. Because this dude was throwing touchdowns. <laughs> He's this, so good. Larry the Legend caught touchdown passes from uh, almost every bad quarterback in this last century that played in Arizona, aside from Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer. So... Uh, and he's just a great dude. He's the kind of dude that you want your daughter yes. to marry. He's that yeah. kind of man. He's like he's from top to bottom. He, you know, the, from the parents he had to the way he plays to the way he carries himself. I, I love the guy. He, one of the greatest receivers of our generation and ever in, yeah. in NFL football history 100%. for sure. And um, overall, uh, I'm not sold on Arizona yet. Yes, I'm impressed that they were able to come back and claw their way to a tie. That is impressive, especially the way Kyler played in the first half. But I don't know if it's that Arizona's offense finally got it together or the Detroit Lions' defense fell apart. Uh, I'm not high on Detroit. I think their offense is going to be electric, as we saw, but their defense is what's scary. You have a 24-6 to lead, and you give it up. Not impressed. That's all I got for this team. And then uh, the only last thing I'll say is that neither of these teams are going to be major winners. No. But I do think they can be winners for you in fantasy. Absolutely. I think they're going to be down a good amount. I think they have powerful offenses. Kyler Murray looked unstoppable. Like at the end of that game, Detroit was confused. The defensive coordinators having a problem. They were having problems trying to figure out what's going on. While I just think no matter what, even though they're not going to be the biggest winners, I think they will have a huge impact in fantasy. If you have players on their team, keep them. I think they'll be useful to you as you move forward in the season. Next game. Cowboys. Giants. Giants losing 17 to 35 to the Cowboys. It was a really good game for if you're a Cowboys fan. Man, you know what? I have nothing else to say. I need we need to send this to Vince. We're gonna actually let you listen to a clip here real fast on what Vince had to say about Dak Prescott. This is from episode five. Here it goes. And um, as far as Dak Prescott goes, fantasy relevance. I like him. Uh I would even roll into my season as him as my number one quarterback. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would. That's be, a but, hot take because I don't feel that way. And, right? That's and, a good one. Go and ahead. that's and that's cool. You know, what I mean, I think that this guy has it figured out. He has a tough division. The Eagles' defense is tough. The Skins' defense is tough. The Giants' defense is young. I'm yeah. not saying they're not good, but they're young. He they can be exploited. They got Miami week three. I'm in love with that because they're going to smoke them. Um, they got to play New Orleans. Their defense isn't the greatest. I think that's going to be a shootout. They got your boys, the Green Bay Packers, October 6th. They got my Jets. I can't really comment on that game because I'm hoping we get the dub over there. Um, they got a tough schedule, though, but uh, I'm high on Dak Prescott. Because he's gonna lo- he's gonna blow up on Miami. Right. That team is going to be atrocious this year. We'll get to that. That's not AFC East bias, y'all. Open your eyes. They're just Look, not that good. We're not gonna go too crazy on the AFC East. That'll be next episode. But that team, he's gonna beat them up. That's a DFS lineup waiting to happen. I'm I'm loading Dak in there everywhere. And if I could grab him in my draft, those first three games: Giants, Redskins, Dolphins. Dak is looking at an impressive first three games. Yeah, so it feels good to be right. Um... I guess I'll start off, man. Yes, These you, guys you look, lead us here. You you called it on Dak, so you lead us in this game. <laughs> Dak Prescott, 25 of 32, a big root, 405, four touchdowns. I mean, I don't know what to say. I already said it. I was impressed. Yes, it's a one-game sample size, but Cowboys offense looked great. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 13 attempts, 53 yards. Even Tony Pollard got in the mix there, 13 attempts, 24 yards. Michael Gallup. Hmm. We said this before, too. Hmm. Seven receptions, 158 yards. <laughs> Amari Cooper, six receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Even your old boy, Randall Cobb. Kentucky. Four, four receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Blake Jarwin, three, 39, and a touchdown. And then old man Jason <laughs> Witten. Crusty. Three receptions, 15 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, I don't know what else to say. The Cowboys' offense looks good. This is going to come down to them and the Eagles, this division. I can't wait to see those two teams play. They are clearly the class of the division. We're going to get to the birds shortly. Um, Cowboys look good. Uh, Shout out to all the Cowboys fans out there, the listeners, um, Josiah, Steve, Luke. I know you guys are you know big Cowboys fans. That was a good win for y'all. Giants. I'm impressed with Eli Manning. I agree. You said that. You know, you're the one that pointed it out to me. Um, Saquon looked good. I just felt like they didn't get the ball enough. 11 attempts, 120 yards. He could have went for another 11 and another 120. Agreed. So, uh, you know, one the one positive to the Giants side is Evan Ingram. Yes. Looked, you know, looked great. 11 receptions, 116 and a touchdown. This is a set it and forget it tight end. You have him in your lineup. The only time you're taking him out is the bye week. Uh, he's going to be good all year, especially now with Shepard being banged up and Tate not being there. But when they come back, those people are going to be, those defenders are going to be looking their way, and that's just more love for Evan Ingram. Uh, one guy I was a little impressed with, Cody Latimer, three receptions, 74 yards. A lot of yardage. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, 24.7 yards per catch. He had that big bomb that you said. Uh, you you saw down the sideline. It was I didn't really see good. It, so I'm glad you know that. But that's cool. Well, I saw the highlight actually. Uh, but I think that could be a guy that could emerge uh, while Shepard is you know getting healthy and uh, Golden Tate isn't on the field. Um, but I mean, I know I know you have some th- stuff here, but I'm 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 going to be uh, wrapping it up with this game. Cowboys look good and. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stake my claim on on my Dak Prescott claim. This <laughs> no is the guy problem. you want on your team. And the only thing else, I just want to add that Eli Manning was great. He was 30 for 44. He had a th- he had 306 yards. He had a touchdown. Uh, obviously, you want more touchdowns. You want more points. I think they could have helped themselves by giving uh, Saquon the ball more. I also want to credit Dallas's defense because Saquon came out early, gave him the quick gave him the quick hezzy, and then went back and hit that B gap. It was so beautiful. But after after that, that Dallas defense corralled him. They did a much better job. Now it's hard to say that when he had ten yards per ten yards per average, but they they limited the points. They limited big plays, plays that can change the momentum in the game. So I was impressed with that. I don't have much else to say. Giants is going to be a rough one for you guys because of that defense. You have great talent, but they're young and they're just not ready. So I don't think it's going to be that one for you. But I think that offense does have something there for you guys to hold on to. But with that defense, I think it's going to be a rough one for you this year so we'll see but on to the next Seahawks Bengals Seahawks win 21 to 20 versus the Bengals on Sunday it was a good game and I'm starting off with your boy the red rifle as you call him Andy Dalton 35 for 51 418 yards two touchdowns Joe Mixon rushed the ball exactly six times for 10 yards and AJ Green didn't play and he was that efficient he had a 106 QB rating the guy was phenomenal and also John Ross the third came through for Andy Dalton and the Bengals he truly without him that day I don't know if they have a chance to win the game he played so well for these guys so he had seven catches 158 yards two touchdowns he was very very good the run game was just dead after Mixon left the game so it was all on Andy Dalton and he did a really really good job obviously they didn't get the win he did have two fumbles he did have one uh, he had two fumbles so I get it but without him they get blown out in this game he did a really good job and in my opinion the Seahawks were the Seahawks Russell Wilson was Russell Wilson he was efficient he was 14 for 20 196 yards two touchdowns 130 uh 134 QB rating they just get W's he is one of the winning he is the winningest quarterback in the first seven years of any NFL season with 75 games won the guy is just phenomenal he gets it done he do what it do you know what i'm gonna make it do what it do baby at his position and he does it the way he does it running for his life because they still haven't gotten him an offensive line and i think that's stupid what are some of your insights man uh yeah i was impressed with andy dalton 418 yards uh without aj green and without joe mixon that is impressive and on the road in seattle at the 12th man we call it the 12th man because the fans are so crazy there they actually count as another player uh for some of you that didn't know very, very happy for John Ross. Last year, he battled some injuries. Uh, didn't seem like him and Marvin Lewis were getting on the same page. And I watched this kid at Washington uh, with his quarterback, Jake Browning. And uh, I rooted for him. I actually drafted him last year in a few lineup, in a few fantasy lineups. And I had him a couple times, dropped him, picked him back up. 
I'm happy to see that this kid looks like he's on the right track. One game sample size, hard to tell. Um, another guy I'm happy for here is Tyler Eifert. Five receptions, 27 yards, and he didn't get hurt. I hope this guy could stay on the field. I was impressed with Cincinnati overall. I thought the Seahawks would steamroll them, but this is what the Seahawks do. They keep games close. I look at the stat line, and I'm like, how did they even win this game? Uh, Aside from Chris Carson, who I have in two leagues, drafted him in the third round. Uh, Very surprised that he was there. 15 attempts, 45 yards on the ground, and six receptions, 35, and a touchdown. Uh, He actually had a touchdown on the ground as well. Um, Impressed with Chris Carson, but not surprised. Danger Russ, a.k.a. Russell Wilson, did his thing, the same old Russ, 196 in the air, two touchdowns. I, unfortunately, like most of the universe, had the Seattle Seahawks in three different survivor pools. <laughs> they made me sweat right until the end. And uh, everybody else out there that had Seattle, yeah, we made it <laughs> week two. Um, I took the obvious pick. Yeah, I, t- I took Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. That's, nothing <laughs> wrong took, with that. I was obvious. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I wanted to save Baltimore for this week, right? But uh, we'll get to that. But that's all I got with this game. Where are we going next? Uh, the only other thing I wanted to add My is bad. that just to put up the caution flag for the receivers. That's right. They're they're very run heavy. I I invested heavily in Tyler Lockett. I think I have him in three leagues. Uh, uh, just to keep your mind, because DK Metcalf had a really good game. He had four catches for eighty nine yards. He's just a rookie. That means that. That Russell likes him if he's throwing the ball like that. I also think that Tyler Lockett has garnered that extra attention, which which is why he only had one catch for 44 yards and a touchdown. So I would just put up the caution flag. I'm not pulling out or anything like that. I, I think I'm with him for the long haul, despite what I saw on Sunday. But on to the next, Colts and Chargers. The game I call the game of the week, the game that me and Vince were pretty convinced that that six and a half would be great, that that hook would come into play during this game, which it did. The Colts lose 24 to 30 to the Chargers on Sunday. It was a really, really good game. Marlon Mack showed up. Without Marlon Mack, they might have got blown out. The team realized that we got to get Marlon Mack the ball, who finished with 25 carries, 174 yards, and a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett was 21 for 27, 190 yards, two touchdowns, a 120 QB rating. He played pretty well. No, he's not Andrew Luck. No, he's not, but he's efficient. I think he's going to be really good, and he's going to give this chance, uh, give this team a chance to win the AFC South. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was also good. Eight catches, 87 yards, two touchdowns. Um, what are some of your thoughts on the tight ends? I know you weren't too happy with these boys. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, so I think that uh, they just got to get the chemistry down. Uh, Jacoby Brissett and uh, there are three tight ends. There, there's right. three guys that play. Mo Ali cox the big boy, the, the red zone threat at 6'5", 267. Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle all had... Just one reception. Uh, Jack Doyle did have the big one, one reception for 20 yards. Um, But with Devin Funches being out now for the foreseeable future, I think uh, one of these three are going to step up. The problem is I don't know who it's going to be. Right, right, Uh, right. And for fantasy owners, I don't know is an answer you never want to hear. So uh, (laughs) these guys right now, um, I'm stashing them on the bench until we figure out who is the front runner, who is going to be that 
receiving tight end. Uh, I think Moali Cox is going to be the red zone guy, but I think uh, Ebron and Doyle is going to get him down the field. So uh, right now, those three guys, I'm stashing them on the bench. Uh, uh, I don't even know if Moali Cox makes uh, a, a roster in general, but Ebron and Doyle should, de- should definitely be rostered. You just want to leave them on your bench. Now, if you don't have a choice at tight end and that's your one option, you got to figure something out because I don't know if you want to roll in there with a shoulder shrug or not knowing where to go. Right. I was impressed with Marlon Mack. I'm happy to see him do that. Um, I have him in one league. He balled out for me. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, 21 of 27. Not bad numbers. A lot of people counted out the Colts just because Andrew Luck isn't there. This is a different team. Two years ago when Andrew Luck wasn't there, they don't have the same players. They didn't have Darius Leonard, the rookie of the year last year. They didn't have the 10th best offensive line in the league. Exactly. So let's not sleep on them. However, they did come up short. Kevin and I were both on the Colts plus six and a half. And what did we win by cut there, Kev? The hook. I like when Kev says that because I told him that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I also have a ticket in on the Colts win total over six and a half. So um, this was a, not a good start for me. But uh, since I made that wager, the win total jumped to seven and a half. So uh, I did get the best of the number there, but uh, I'm not on the right track so far. So I was rooting for the Colts here, and uh, I was rooting for them to cover the spread, which is what they did. As far as the other side of the ball, the, the go Chargers go. Austin Eckler balled out. And you have him in how many leagues? Three out of my four. You, uh, the you only eye league, on him. The only league I don't have him in is uh, our listener league. Uh, Rob Dunaway swooped in and scooped him up. A little upset there, but uh, 12 <laughs> attempts, 58 on the ground, six catches, 96, and two touchdowns. And I left out that also Eckler also had one rushing touchdown. Um, Justin Jackson also picking up nine and a half yards per run on six carries for 57 yards. You like this backfield. Don't you have Justin Jackson in all those leagues also? I have Justin Jackson in two out of my four. Okay. Uh, I wish it was more. But um, and that's why I, I kind of feel more comfortable with what's going on here, and uh, I feel like Melvin Gordon. It's kind of this is this is a little <laughs> nerve wracking, and it goes it could go both ways because, and I wonder right now, uh, this is why the Chargers didn't they stood firm with their deal. They have two capable backs, more than capable is Austin Eckler. Absolutely, Justin Jackson. I'm not sure if he can carry the load like Eckler can, but he definitely isn't a scrub. And uh, last year, towards the end of the year, he proved out those few games that Gordon missed as well. And uh, if I'm Melvin Gordon, I I might wind up settling because I could see that they don't need me in any time soon. And uh, I might say I don't want to lose my job. So he might settle with the contract. Now, there bodes the problem for Austin Eckler owners like myself who have him in three out of my four leagues. If Melvin Gordon comes back, Austin Eckler's value goes way down. Plummets. Does he still play? Absolutely, but is he a, uh, is he at this rate? He's a running back one, running back two, possibly. Absolutely, um, running back one after this first ab- game. After this first game, right now he's RB one. Exactly, you so, start that boy. Exactly. <laughs> um, as far as the receivers go on this team, aside from Keenan Allen, I'm not crazy about it. Uh, Hunter Henry didn't have the best game. I know a lot of people were high on him. Keenan eight catches and no, Keenan balled out. Touchdown. Yeah, he. When Melvin Gordon is not in the lineup, Keenan Allen will will ball out. 
that 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 shows uh, over time. Right. Um. But the rest of these receivers, I'm not crazy about Mike Williams. Uh, he had a decent. You know, he didn't have a great game. Not he got a bad hurt game. during the game. That's what I was gonna say. Uh. And then uh, the rest of the guys, Travis Benjamin, Dontrell Illman, Inman. There's just no value there, in my opinion. Um. I'm not sold on on the, the Chargers team the, the way that the Colts hung around, but that's also because I am not out on the Colts just because Andrew Luck isn't there. Right. That's uh really what I got for this game. If you got anything else, we'll move on. I got nothing else. Let's keep it moving. Kansas City Chiefs win forty to twenty six versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. It looks like Nick Foles is out for at least the next eight weeks, probably until week 11 or 12 with his clavicle, which enters Gunner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. A man, I've been destroying people's I, names you get today. All the, you get all the tough names like Obagwale, <laughs> but you can't say Gardner Minshew. Maybe it's the cultural differences. I don't know, but I'm not African neither, so I guess I can't take that one exactly. on. Exactly. But, but he are, came what, in. What, were you Jamaican? I'm not Jamaican. I okay. am American, black okay. American, okay. and Irish. All right. I dig it. Uh, we don't count. Africans don't count us in their group. Okay. Gotcha. Gardner but, Minshew out of Washington State. Go yes. ahead. So he was really good. 22 for 25, 275 yards, 11 yards per throw, two touchdowns. Um, I, I, he had the element of surprise coming into the game. But even with the element of surprise, without preparation, I was unbelievably impressed with this guy. He had limited support, even though Leonard Fournette was pretty effective. I don't know why they didn't give him the ball anymore. The dude was picking up 5.1 yards per carry. He had 13 carries for 66 yards. They spread the ball all over the place. You have Shark. You have Conley. You had D.D. Westbrook, especially Shark, who had 400... Uh, four catches for 146 yards and a touchdown. You had Conley, who had six catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. I thought they played really well. D.D. Westbrook also had a touchdown, who I was really high on. I'm feeling kind of sad because I knew that he and Nick Foles had a true connection. From uh, They built it throughout the summer. Nick Foles loves receivers, even from last year. When Nick Foles took over for Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey had a major boost. Uh in catches and receiving yards, things like that, uh, he likes the receiver better than the tight end. So we'll see what happens with D.D. Westbrook. I don't, I don't know if Minshew still has that relationship with him. And the Chiefs were the Chiefs. They were, they were bombing it. Sammy Watkins, Poo Poo City, man, just released. Uh oh, Vince has his head down with his face in his hands. What's going on, man? Can I console you? Are you okay? <sighs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. He was on your against. Oh, God. Sorry. Sorry. In our with it's and against this segments, I was against Sammy Watkins. And I'm going to read you this stat line. Nine receptions. 198 yards. Three touchdowns. One thing you have to do as a man is admit when you are wrong. And I will not admit that I was wrong. No, I'm joking. I'm playing. I'm playing. I was way wrong with the Sammy Watkins sit him. However, however, I will say the outcome might have been different if Tyreek Hill didn't get hurt. It also, I will also say that on the time that I say to bench this guy, he has the best game of his career, which in my mind goes to tell you that it got lucky. (laughs) 
anyway, I was more. I couldn't have been more wrong there. But Sammy Watkins, wow, what a game! Um, and I will say this: the, his first touchdown, Tyreek Hill was still on the field, so uh, I I was wrong, flat out. But like you said, Chiefs are the Chiefs. Um, this was one of the very few plays that I had on Sunday. Uh, when I say plays, uh, as far as bets that I was incorrect with. I actually had the under in this game. And I know a lot of people out there would be like, you had the under in a Chiefs game? Yes, I did. Um, I thought the Jaguars defense would step it up. I thought the Chiefs would not be able to play in the humidity of Jacksonville. Um, I did think the Chiefs were going to win this game, but I didn't foresee it being this 66 points or whatever it was. Was it 40 40 to It was 66. You were correct. Exactly. Uh, The total was uh, 50 and a half, so I lost clear cut. um, Actually, I lost in the fourth quarter, believe it or not, so it did did hang on for a little bit, but uh, I was wrong there. As far as the Jacksonville side, uh, Gardner Minshew, I like this kid in college. Like I said, while Kevin was sleeping last year, I was up watching Pac-12 games. And um, I'm impressed, but I'm not sold. The Chiefs' defense was arguably one of the worst last year, and I think it might have been even worse this year. Um, so I'm, I'm, I want, I'm waiting and seeing. I, I hope this kid does good. Um, I also think, like Kevin said, there's a different aspect when you come off the bench into a game as opposed to when you have to prep for a game. Yep. Um, knowing that it was his first NFL game and he was sitting on a pine, and then, boom, yo, Gardner, here's your helmet, you're in. There's no time for jitters. You're on the field. Yep. The game is going, and he looked good. But this week, he's got a whole week to prepare. Those those jitters are going to get in there. And, and so does gonna, the other team. And there's going to be another guy on the other side of that ball, and his name's J.J. Watt, <laughs> and he's going to be coming. For Gardner Minshew. So, if Minshew is impressive again, he might be a guy I'm going to keep my eye on. And uh, maybe I might even scoop him up because I got one uh, one of my leagues, our listener league there. I'm not so confident in my quarterback. Okay. So, uh, was impressed with DJ Shark. Chark? DJ Chark? Is that how you say I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Chark. Chark. DJ Chark looked great. Um, And Chris Conley looked great also. Leonard Fournette. Come on, bro. I got you in one league. Kev got you in one. We need more than nine points. Okay, I don't know why. They it's weren't. not his fault, though. He, yeah. he When he when they gave it to him, he was picking up five yards of run. That's what you're looking for, 5.1 yards of carry. There's not much he could do about that. And he had a few catches, actually. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do with him moving forward. Do you have anything else on this game? Nope, keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Rams in a win, 30-27 to 27 over the Panthers. Um, it was as expected. I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. I, I didn't. I didn't put anything down to to let you know that I was serious about that. But I just. Uh, I just expected for the, with all the players that have come on this field, if you're going to be playing the Rams, you're going to have to score points. I thought Carolina played well. Uh, Todd Gurley, 14 rushes for 97 yards. Also, Malcolm Brown, his backup, 11 rushes for 53 and two touchdowns. He snaked him a couple times, but they depended on Gurley. To that, I kind of want to focus on the girly thing here. They he started off slow. He had a few rushes early on. I think he only had like six carries for a few yards in the first half. And then when it came to the end of the game and they needed to seal it off, he got six or seven in a row, mm-hmm. and he helped seal off the rest of this team. I'm a little nervous. I have three. I have three stocks in him over three leagues. So uh, and like I said, if I draft somebody, I like to maintain stocks over all of my leagues if possible, uh, depending on where I pick and how things go but 
Um, we'll see what happens with that. Jarrett Goff was 23 of 39. He was uh, he wasn't as efficient, especially after getting that 134 million dollar contract. He had 186 yards. He was just okay. The receiving core was just okay. We know who all those boys are: Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Higby, Everett. You know, most of these guys. Nobody had a spectacular day. Robert Woods with the best day with eight catches and 70 yards. They have plenty more coming in the future and. The, the Carolina Panthers are all about, all about McCaffrey. 19 carries, 128 yards, two touchdowns. Cam was actually pretty good and pretty efficient. 25 for 38, 239 yards, but he didn't throw for any touchdowns. That's the problem. He only had one interception. There was nothing else to go with it. And I thought DJ Moore showed out pretty well for his first time being the lead receiver in the league. So that's a quick overview of the game. What are your thoughts, Vince? Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. I did not watch a lot of this game. Um, most of the one o'clocks, I caught a lot of highlights of. Uh, for you listeners out there, I was in attendance watching my New York Jets blow a 16-point lead. So this game, uh, I just saw a lot of clips of. I was very um, impressed with McCaffrey, as always. 10 receptions, 81 yards, 19 rushes, 100, 128 um I know people were worried about the workload this year. He told those people to shut up. Oh, did Sunday. he? I didn't. Oh, did he really? No, I'm saying it. Oh, oh, oh. I'm saying like, it with I the numbers. See I want to hear I'm him saying talk it about for it. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, okay. I with got the numbers, you, he you. said shut up. Uh, Cam Newton, five fantasy points. Almost as ugly as his after-game costume. Not, I don't, I don't really call it clothes because it's a costume that he wears. Um, I like the after game this time. Oh he kind of looked like a black Joker. He looked like I appreciated. He this looked one. like a black <laughs> grandma at bingo. That's what he looked like. Rams. Uh, I have Robert Woods. I I did think he was going to be the number one guy. It looks like it. He had the most receptions, eight receptions for seventy yards. Happy for Cooper Cup, seven for forty six. I'm glad that he seems to be healthy. Uh, for Kevin, I would be nervous with the girly situation. I know Malcolm Brown came in and he vultured the touchdowns, but I don't know. This girly knee thing is too scary. Um, another thing, I know we don't talk about it much, but we need to talk about this guy. Greg the Leg, <laughs> a.k.a. Legatron. Greg Zerline. This guy loves talking about kickers, I do, man. man. This dude, <laughs> two years in a row, I had Greg the leg on my team, and both those years, I won the chip. Hey, coincidence? He missed a kick on Sunday. Oh, by he's the allowed way, to miss one. He's Greg the leg. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this dude, he had like I don't know how many fantasy points, but it was up there in the double digits. If you can get your kicker into the twelve point range, that's pretty good. He had twelve points. He was three for four, there and he hit go. a fifty six yarder, fifty six yard bomb. Yes. So, uh, but <laughs> talking about kickers. I don't got we're a lot. About kickers. We talk about kickers. Yeah, <laughs> I don't got a lot with this game, man. Um, uh, it, it was Ram- fun. It was good. Yeah, Rams got the the Saints coming up, and uh, Panthers are got the quick turnaround. We're gonna preview that game shortly. So, what we got next? Up next, Redskins-Eagles. What a crazy football game mm-hmm. that was. The mm-hmm. Eagles win 32-27 to versus the Redskins. Carson Wentz discovers that Deshaun Jackson is the fastest person on the field at, at almost all times, unless they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs and Tyreek Hill is out there. Uh, it, it was phenomenal to watch him go deep on these guys. He was 28 for 39, 313 yards and three touchdowns. He had 121 QB rating. Uh, the running back situation is as we thought it would 
would be, how is Darren Sproles the most efficient running back on this whole team? He is old and decrepit. He is obviously, he is a freak of a di- different stature. He is, what, he's 5'9"? He's 100 and, uh, five, six, 160, 190 pounds. Sorry, I, I butchered that up. But he is 5'6 and 190 pounds. He is a physical freak and still seems to be the most efficient b- running back on the field. Also, uh, Jordan Howard also has six carries for 44 yards. Sproles, nine carries for 47. Deshaun Jackson was phenomenal. Eight catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Followed by Zach Ertz, five catches, five, uh, 54 yards. And Alshon Jeffrey, five catches, 49 yards and a touchdown. The Redskins, the Redskins protected Case Keenum so well. That was one of the biggest takeaways I had from this game. I was really impressed with Case Keenum and the way he played. He was obviously great in college, setting all kinds of throwing records. He was 30 for 44, 380 yards, three touchdowns. Guys got hurt in this one, so it wasn't much coming from the backfield with the Redskins, but we did discover some receivers here with um with Terry McLaren. Is yes. how I'm going to say his yeah. name. Five catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. 25 yards it's per catch. McLaurin, my M- bad. McLaurin. McLaurin. Sorry, McLaurin. I apologize. So McLaurin, and then uh, of course Thompson coming through with seven catches, 68 yards. That is just his life. He is a he is a third down running back in this league, and he is quite good at it. And then uh, Vernon Davis had a little shot back to the pass with a nice deep touchdown. Four catches, 59 yards for the team. How are you feeling about this game? I know you were a little conflicted with the numbers and with the with the spread for this one. Who to take? What is your outlook, Vince? Yeah, so I like the Redskins with the spread. Uh, they varied anywhere between plus eight all the way up to plus ten. Um, I actually had the Eagles in one of my survivor pool picks, and uh, when I saw the score was seventeen zero, I was like, "Oh, there goes one." You know, I thought I lost one there, and uh, you know, the Redskins. We talked about how bad this offense would be. It didn't look that bad. So I'm not sure yet if it's the Eagles' defense or the Redskins' offense. I've always been a fan of Case Keenum. Those numbers looked really good. And this kid, Terry McLaurin, uh, he might be the real deal. Five receptions, five receptions, a buck 20 and a touchdown. And like you said, Christian Thompson. With Darius Geis being hurt, they don't know how long it's going to be. It was the non-ACL knee that they're waiting on the MRI for. Um, now they're going to probably reactivate Adrian Peterson, yep. and uh, this backfield is going to be shared workload again by Christian Thompson and Adrian Peterson. Um, the, I'm, I'm still kind of weary about these receiving cores, but this Terry McLaurin my guy, he might be someone to keep your eye on. Absolutely. We're going to get to the waiver wire ads shortly. Um, going over to the other side of the ball, it just seemed like the Eagles needed the first half to be over with. Once the second half got going, it was a completely different team. The, the, the concern here is the backfield. There's so many guys running the ball. Sproles, Howard, Sanders. Uh, they even had Alshon Jeffrey get that one shuffle pass. That yes. really should have been a catch, but they called it a, a run and play. But long story short here, I don't know who the running back is. And like you said, Darren Sproles being a lead guy concerns me. Carson Wentz. I got Wensylvania in one of my leagues. He did not disappoint. Uh, 30 fantasy points there. Uh, the receiving core. I think Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, and Alshon Jeffrey is scary. That is terrifying. And then you still got Sproles out the backfield. They have a number two tight end in Dallas Goddard. And then you got Nelson Aguilar, who can play the slot. This offense is scary. We talked about it before. I don't don't really know what else to say. 
I, I, that's all I got. That's all we got. Let's keep it moving. The Eagles are going to be a problem, and Dallas versus Eagles for the rest of this season is going to be a wonderful thing to watch. Like I my, can't wait. Like my boy Bart Scott says, can't, can't wait. wait. <laughs> so here we go with the Bills. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Wait a minute. Wait Bills a minute. and Jets, man. Tread lightly. I'm going to take a little easy on you. This might be hard for me, y'all. <laughs> This was a sour, sour, sour loss for the Jets. Bills win 17-16 with the Jets up 16-0 at one point in hey, this game. Just so you know, the the, the Redskins were up 17-0. Yeah. Just want to just, <laughs> just, point that just out. try to point the, the, point that out. the light at somebody else. The Lions were up 24-6. There was a lot of things that contributed to this. I texted you earlier that during that day on Sunday, CJ Mosley is a beast is what I said to you. And the moment CJ Mosley left that game is when it changed. Now, I know you also said that there was some coaching, uh, some coaching choices that you weren't so happy with, which I agree with. And you'll probably put those things in when once you have something, once you talk on this subject, but I will say CJ Mosley is the man. He is going to be the difference. And I, if he's not, he has a groin injury, which happened during the game. Any game that he is not playing for the Jets, I'm going to do my best to start a player versus this defense because he clearly is the difference between lockdown and four turnovers and Singletary getting loose in the second half. I also think that Josh Allen played a little bit better in the second half than he did in the first. He was, uh, as Vince says, booty juice in, in the first mm-hmm. in the first half of this game. He was 24 for. 37 254 yards six yards per throw one touchdown two interceptions singletary came out in the second half he was phenomenal four four carries for 70 yards 17.5 yards per rush that's what happens when cj mosley is out of the game john brown was great seven catches 123 yards and a touchdown beasley was the slot guy he he hit right on his number as far as fantasy is concerned with nine with nine points he had five catches on nine targets so it's not not much else to say Le'Veon Bell came back he was Le'Veon Bell he's only going to get better that was his first shot and even in his first shot he had 23 points and then Crowder took all the catches 14 catches 99 yards seven yards per catch what is your view on your boys what do you got to say so I mean this game obviously I have the most insight on because I was there live action um I, I, I'm going to try to hold my bias back here, but I wasn't impressed with the Bills. I know they won the game. Uh, it was a tale of two halves, and um, I believe that the Jets coaching staff, mainly the head coach, Adam Gase, is the reason we lost this game. Sure, there are some things that add up. Losing C.J. Mosley in the second half was major. He was responsible for two turnovers. He got us our six points. He got the pick six, and he got a fumble recovery. So, um, you know, that, that was major. Uh, you laugh. You guys want to laugh out there. How important is your kicker? Very important. Our kicker missed an extra point and a field goal. That would have decided either a tie game, which could have got us into overtime where anything could have happened, or if he hits the field goal, we win the game by two. Yep. Um, and the Bills wouldn't have the Bills would have had to start going for two-point conversions earlier in the game, which could have changed the complete dynamic of the game. Um, Josh Allen looked like bum juice in the first half. <laughs> Sure, he got it together a little bit in the second half, but it seemed as though the Jets' defense had the tape on him, which was let this kid throw the ball. The only guy he's not allowed to throw to is John Brown, and they let him throw to John Brown, and that's why we got that big catch, or they got that big catch in the second half, which kind of propelled them to getting that touchdown, and then that was pretty much all she wrote from there. Um, as As a Jet fan and as a real football fan, unfortunately, uh, I can't have anyone co-sign for this, 
but at the game, seeing as it played out. We were up 16-0. It was the end of the third quarter. We went three and out. Adam Gase went to a vanilla offense. He went to running the clock in the third quarter with a 16-point lead. You cannot do that against an NFL team. You can't even do that against the Miami Dolphins. 16 points is not enough, and the Buffalo Bills proved that. I knew right then and there. And I'm a real fan. Question my fanhood all you want. I know I'm a real fan. And if you really know me, you know how big of a Jet fan I am. (laughs) On that drive, I looked at my friend who was with the game with me, and I said, we will lose this game because of that. We were up 16-0 at that point. Still with a chance to win. Still with multiple times to stop them. I just know how my Jets do. And uh, very disappointing there. On the Jets side of the ball, one of my wittits in our witted against the segment was Le'Veon Bell. He did not disappoint. 23 fantasy points, or was it 26? Uh, I th- 20, it depends on the Some, league. In yes. my league, you're getting around 23. Yeah. Points are different in different if leagues. If you're getting the 20 threshold, that's a good start. That's a solid A-, minus, you know, B+, plus, depending on where you're at there. He looked great. Um, 17 for 60. Three yards per run. Obviously, you want to get that better. And he had six catches for thirty-two yards and a nice, pretty touchdown in the back of the end zone where he looked like where he looked like the best player on the field. That was actually the two-point conversion. Two, oh, yes, but the other one that he caught was a touchdown to the left side of the field uh, as a curl route from Sam Darnold. Sam looked okay. Wasn't out of this world, and definitely on the game-winning drive. Uh, or you know, game losing drive in this case didn't look good at all. Your uh, offensive line didn't though either. They didn't exa- help. Yeah. They didn't help him out a lot. Yeah. Um, but I was impressed with with, with Bell. Uh, you know, in his first game after so long. The guy that I was really impressed with was Jameson Crowder. Fourteen receptions. He led the league in receptions for this weekend. Ninety nine yards. If he's going to continue to do that, he's going to be a PPR monster. We did talk about him in the slot and how effective he would be. If that continues, that's a guy you want on your radar. Uh, if you already have him, I mean that you might want to flex him. You know what I mean? You might be a, a solid wide receiver too. We're going to find out. They're playing the Browns next. Their defense is good. We're going to get to that game. Um, the other guy, with it or against it, Kev was against it. Robbie Anderson, three receptions, 23 yards. Kev was right on point there. I did not disagree with him. I worry about Rob. There were two passes. That Sam did not put on point. Robbie Anderson is not a go-up-and-get-it guy. He needs the ball to be on point and on target for him. He can get down the field, but the one pass, Sam threw behind him. And he's not a go-back-and-get-it guy. Right. So uh, that those numbers showed right there. And the one in the end zone, the defensive player did make a really good play on yes, the Yes, that there. was a good one. Yeah, It, it was a good play. At first, I called flag, but that was just being a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I, was screaming, I was screaming for the flag. And then when I saw the replay, I sat down and quietly and kept my mouth shut. Uh, Quincy Enumwa, one reception, negative four yards. He's got. They got to get this guy involved in the game. And uh, it, 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 our offense is hurting without Chris Herndon. Uh, he'll be back in three more games. Uh, I'm not going to lull over this game too much just because I'm a Jets fan. It was a disappointing loss. Um, I'm not sold on the Buffalo Bills. And uh, I think that the jury is still out on my Jets. We have a tough schedule. But being biased here, I'm not impressed, and uh, if you want to bet against the Jets on Monday Night Football, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Of course, I'll never do such a thing, but uh, 
That's all I got. The Bills are a great defense. I'll finish with that one. A really, really good defense. Keep that in your mind as you're moving forward. Uh, as far as your fantasy pickups, as far as we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to waiver wire pickups. Next game, Atlanta, 12. Minnesota, 28. It was a pure spanking. I don't even want to talk about them too much. Uh, Matt Ryan went 33 for 46, 300 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Devontae Freeman never got off the ground. There's no point in talking about any of their running backs at this point in time. Even Julio Jones was hindered. Their best receiver happened to be Austin Hooper, who had nine receptions and 77 yards. They don't deserve to be really talked about after what they did. Supposedly being, they're supposed to be a higher powered offense. Um, the number one take I took from this is that the Vikings are going to be overrated due to this win. Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 10 times. Bum juice. Uh, I think he, absolutely, I agree with you. The next time he has to throw it 30 or 35 times, let's see how this game turns out. They didn't have to. You know why? Because Delvin Cook had 21 rushes for a 111 yards, 5.3 yards per carry. I like to tell you guys about averages because that every time a person receives the football, it, it, like it, what they do each time matters. So 5.3 is really good. Two touchdowns. He was great. And he had two catches for nine yards. Adam Thielen was okay. Well, I wouldn't even. The receivers were terrible. They didn't throw. He only threw it 10 times. Thielen was the number one receiver with three receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. Diggs came into the game hurt, so he wasn't going to do much. It's very hard to dig into the, the dig into the statistics of this game because there wasn't much to it. It was all rushing, and they dominated from beginning to end. So, what do you got, Vince? Yeah, um, like I said, guys, I'm going to refer to episodes in the past. Uh, although some sports content might be stale, and that's basically just the baseball stuff, if you guys really want to hear what we had to say about these divisions and these players, we have each divisional breakdown in prior episodes. So our AFC breakdown, uh, we I pretty much called out and said that Kevin Stefanski, the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, wants to run the ball. You did. That causes for concern for everybody else other than Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. I know Kev said that Dalvin Cook is going to get the boatload of the carries, which we all know. But look at these wide receivers. Adam Thielen, 3 for 41 and a touchdown. If you have these guys in your lineup, you're not crazy about Stephon Diggs with two receptions of 37 yards. Kyle Rudolph wasn't even in existent. You know, um, Kirk Cousins, he shouldn't have been your starting quarterback anyway. Uh, this, this team's going to pound the rock. And I don't think they care how they win the game. They just want to win the game. They got a good defense and a good run game. It proved it here. Very disappointed, Atlanta Falcons. You know I'm high on this team this year. So am I. Um, and their offense. This was not it. But I also think that the Vikings have a good defense. Very good defense. Didn't think it would be this good. However, your boy was on the under. The total was 47. Had a little bit of sweat towards the end there. But needless to say... I hit the under there, and it was because I knew the Vikings were going to run the ball a ton. Did I know that Kirk Cousins was going to throw 10 passes? No, because if that was the case, I would have tripled my bet. <laughs> um, however, being on the right side feels good. Like Kevin said, not much to go there. Dalvin Cook, Vikings defense, that's it. What we got next? Next up. Ravens, Dolphins. The bloodbath. <laughs> 59 to 10. We cannot spend too much time on this. No. Lamar Jackson was Shot phenomenal. Yeah, like, let's, let's move tick, quick, move tick, quick, tick, move tick, quick. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> so two, Lamar- two minute drill. Tick, 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 tick. 
<laughs> Lamar Jackson was really good. Uh, Marquise Brown, the cousin of Antonio Brown, was phenomenal. Hollywood. Yeah, they they were really good. Mark Andrews was phenomenal. The the Dolphins are that bad. The Ravens aren't that good. Let's see. And you know what? I'm a little hesitant to say they aren't that good. I have Lamar Jackson in three out of four fantasy leagues. I also started Lamar Jackson in four DFS leagues on Sunday, and I I cashed everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. I cashed in on this there guy. That a boy. And I, I I believe that the Ravens. I, I have a feeling that Lamar Jackson may be the next coming of Patrick Mahomes. I believe he's going to take over in a way because he has a coach. Greg Roman is his offensive coordinator. We talked about this on, on the AFC North did. breakdown. Listen, again, y'all, I know sports content gets stale, but not our divisional breakdowns. You can go back to them episodes week nine. You could skip the baseball stuff. Skip that. But go to divisional breakdowns. We will give it to you in depth. Listen to what we had to say about Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman. My bad, Kev, continue. No problem. And Greg Roman was a coach for Colin Kaepernick. And he understands uh, Greg Roman is here. Most coaches in the NFL, uh, that we, like I said, we won't take too long, but I do want to make this clear to you. Most coaches in the NFL want a player to come in and and learn follow, their system. Le- learn their system. Greg Roman is like, no, 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 no. You come here, and I'm gonna build this house mm-hmm. around you. You're my foundation. Mm-hmm. You, you, you are my. You know, he, he, he's praying to Lamar Jackson because of the offense that he likes to run. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna make this fit you. Don't worry. I'll be the creative one. You just go out and do what you do best. And that, I, I think he's gonna do that for the rest of the year. And I think he's gonna be spectacular. Another guy that Greg Roman coached. You know who was the other quarterback? Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor, who, who also had his best year as, as a, a Buffalo, Buffalo Bill. Bill. Absolutely, I do remember that now. So, and he was really, really good. But go ahead, Vince. What else? So, you got? like Kevin said, not much to talk about here. We got to wait out and see. Yes, the Ravens are good. They smoked the Dolphins, but are the Dolphins that bad? Uh, we're gonna find out next week because the Dolphins got to go. <laughs> Play big bad New England Patriots. And, the whole uh, team's gonna be quitting after next week because uh, there were reports that Miami Dolphins immediately uh, they uh, immediately after the game had their agents calling trying to get traded and getting sent out of Miami because they don't take they don't think they're taking it seriously enough and trying to win games despite uh, tanking. Obviously, go ahead. And uh, while we're not gonna spend a lot of time on the Dolphins, my question to Kevin when he said that was, who in the hell on the Dolphins <laughs> thinks that they're gonna get traded? <laughs> name you can't name more than five guys, and the, and the two guys that I can name are both backups. Right. Okay, so um, I don't know who in the Dolphin thinks they're going to go someplace else and play, but uh, that's that with that team. Uh, however, I will point out one thing: my wittits and against it. I said against it. Do not start a single player on the Dolphins team. If you did that, you did good. And I also was with it with Lamar Jackson and Baltimore and, and the whole Baltimore team. So, I, I don't want any credit for that one. I feel like it was quite obvious. But the only thing I will point out is that you have to pay attention to matchups and take your matchups where you get them and take it. advantage of them feasting on somebody who's not very good. I was so happy that Miami was getting beat that bad. Oh, you know, if I you, loved it. If you want to fire sale all your players take this behind whipping and I'm gonna let up either I I was so happy when they didn't let up I'm like yeah take it eat that did you see that that uh fake punt they ran they ran a fake punt up like 28 points I have no problem with that you know why and I said this to my buddy and I said 
when else are you going to get a chance in in game to practice that play? Right now, you know it works. They almost scored a touchdown on it. Too. <laughs> now you know it works. Next time you're actually in a jam and you really need that play, you call it and you know it's available. Um, again, uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time here. Somebody asked me too, what was the best bet of the weekend? This was it. I don't really brag about it because to me, this was like the squarest play out there. But sometimes being a square is cool. And uh, you know what else is square? My wallet. And uh, the Ravens lined my wallet pretty good. So my wallet, my square wallet goes right in my pocket. Thank you, Baltimore Ravens. I think that leads us to our last game. Yes. Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. Again, what am I going to say, Kev? Bum juice. I'm not on the Cleveland Browns hype train. I'm not on it. And this is why. What do we got, Kev? So in the win for the Titans, it was forty-three to thirteen. Smoke beating, show beating the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield was not very good. He was twenty-five for thirty-eight. He had two hundred eighty-five yards. He had one touchdown, three interceptions. Also, the Browns had. 200 yards and penalties. So a lot of the things that you're seeing here, I felt like the Browns shot themselves in the foot. I'm not going to go as far as Vince. Now, Vince felt this way from the beginning. He does not like the Browns. I believe the Browns are their own worst enemy in this game, and I think they're going to correct it, and I still think they're going to be really good this year, no matter what anybody says. I also, I do want some credit for this, though. I have Baker Mayfield starting right up until Saturday, and I'm like, you know what? Going back to our AFC South Divisional Breakdown, the Titans' defense is real. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think they're real, you're crazy. And if they're on your waiver wire, pick them up. Now, I know some people like to switch it based on matchups, but I stayed away from this. I also had a chance to trade for Jarvis Landry. I'm like, no thanks, not versus this defense and Kevin Byard and all the players they have. You probably don't even know their names, but you don't have to. And they play really well together. So that's why this game went the way it went. There is a name on defense there that you didn't know. Remember we spoke about him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Cameron Wake. Yes, yes, Cameron Wake from Miami. When I say you didn't know, you didn't know he was on that team. Right. But uh, Cameron Wake is another name on this defense you want to look out for. But continue, my apologies. No problem. And Marcus Mariona uh, played really well. He got the ball down the field, 10 yards per throw. 14 attempts, oh, 24 attempts, 14 completions. He had three touchdowns. Derrick Henry was phenomenal for these boys. 19 carries, 84 yards, one touchdown, and also a crazy 75-yard touchdown. How was he faster than everybody else on the field? That's what I want to know. Like, I I don't get it. The guy does not make sense. He's a flat-out freak. You also had Odell Beckham, who, who had seven catches for 70 yards. You also had... You also had Jarvis Landry, who had four catches for 67 yards. And by the way, sorry, uh, Odell was seven catches for 71. I was off by a yard there. I apologize. And Njoku got the the one big touchdown there for them after this after the half. What are your views? I think we already know it, but go ahead, Vince. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I I, I wasn't surprised really. I didn't think it would be like this. I did no. think that the Browns would kind of squeak out this win. Uh, I did have the Titans plus five and a half. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, the Titans' defense is impressive. Their offense, though, I'm still the jury's still out. Mariota does this; he drops three touchdowns, and then I'm like, "Ooh, let me go put him on my wave. Let me go put him in the waivers. Let me go put him on my bench, and then I could plug him in for a bye week. And then next week, Mariota's going to be like nine for twenty-seven with eighty-eight yards and two interceptions. Uh, this is what Mariota does. So I'm pumping the brakes on him. Derrick Henry looks great. No worries there. Um, 
How about A.J. Brown? Three receptions, 100 yards. Who is this guy? I, I didn't even, I, I forgot, I didn't even know he was there. Corey Davis was the guy who was on my mind because him and Mariota had such a good relationship last year. But it looks like A.J. Brown came in and took over that uh, that sweet spot for this team. I, I don't even know where he comes from, man. But and, all I know is he had a good game and he's on my radar now. If I can find him on the waiver wire for, uh, you know, to put him on my bench, that's for sure. Uh, Delaney Walker, 55 reception yards and two touchdowns uh did you hear the sound bite after what, what, what delaney walker said uh, yep he uh channeled the late great denny green they are who we thought they were you want to crown them you could crown them we let them off the hook That's it was right. so good it's one so of my good. favorite rants not as good as when you a few episodes ago we did the afc west and you came <laughs> mike singletary you came out with the can't work with him can't That's work what I- with him. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> That's one of my favorites, man. That was so good when you brought that out. That was good. But oh, but it, it was the just- real football fans know what it is. Yes. <laughs> um, but this dude, AJ Brown, man, this is a guy you want to watch for. Um, I know that he did big things. SEC boy, Ole Miss. Um, I don't know. Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb, seventeen attempts, seventy-five yards. A little disappointed there. Hold on, Vince. Let me just come in here real quick and, and shed a little light on some of these running backs. In fantasy this weekend, it seemed like a really down weekend. Now, you have a few. You have Derrick Henry. You have a couple running backs that were really that did really well. But if you had Todd Gurley or if you had Nick Chubb or you had Leonard Fournette, any of these guys, you have to take this into consideration. There was 13 quarterbacks on Sunday that threw the ball 38 times or more in a game. They went 2-13. and 13. So you have to keep that in mind. Some of these teams were down. Yes, some 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 of them are. You know, they were just had good enough quarterbacks where they can throw those. But out of those thirteen quarterbacks, only two of them won. Goff, who threw for thirty nine and one, and Wentz, who threw for thirty nine and also won his game. Everybody else, some of the names that are on this list: Trubisky, Cam Newton, Mayfield, Stafford, uh, Manning, Big Ben. So there are some big names on this list, list of guys who were throwing thirty eight times or more and lost those games. I think. Everybody's talking about the NFL, how it's going towards passing and all this other stuff. If you want to pass that much, you're not going to win. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that can throw that often, that many times, and actually win games. You have Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson. There's a handful of guys that are in this. And of course, Carson Wentz and Goff with those coaches that they have, they're turning out to be really good guys. I'm just saying, be patient. These coaches are going to reset. They know they can't win throwing the ball that many times all the time. And these guys are going to go go back to they're going to go back to Nick Chubb. They're going to go back to some of the best backs in the league. And I think they're going to explode. So don't get too nervous about your running backs being down after this weekend. And that'll kind of wrap it up for our week one NFL recap. We're going to be right back with some Wednesday waiver ads for your fantasy team. These are going to be the guys you need to add. Coming back at you, ladies and gentlemen, with Waiver Wire. Waiver Wire pickups. We're trying to help you guys get what you need 
for your teams coming up here on Thursday, Sunday, Monday. We want to get you prepared. So we're going to talk about some players that maybe you should be have your eye on in some of your leagues, given some of the things that have happened so far this week. So some of the commonalities I have seen so far, especially in 12-team leagues so far, you have Andy Dalton, you have Josh Allen, and you have Marcus Mariota, who are all available right now across my 12-team leagues. I, all three of them, I have three... I think I have three 12-team fantasy leagues, and those guys are available in all of them. You want them on your list. If you're in some deeper leagues, you know, you can... There's always a Keenum, who I thought worked out really well. Obviously, he had a really good game. We talked about that earlier in the pod. So, uh, those are a few quarterbacks that, that should be on your list. You should be aware of what they're doing. Also... Um, I have not seen many of these, but there was maybe one league where I saw Giovanni Bernard available. He's somebody to keep in your mind at running back for Joe Mixon. Uh, we don't know what's going on. He's still day to day right now. It's not, you know, there's no, there's no certainty about whether he's going to play or not. So that's also somebody to keep in your mind if you don't already have him on your team at, as a handcuff. Where are we at uh, for you, Vince? Or what, what other positions are you keeping an eye on where you see some value? First one I want to talk about is Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton uh, is going up against San Fran next week. Uh, granted, San Fran has the fifth-rated defense against a quarterback. Again, people, these are one-game sample sizes, and Jameis looked like uh, dog poop out there last week. Um, so Andy Dalton's going to be a guy, and if you're in a situation where you're not too happy about your quarterback or maybe your quarterback's playing a tough defense, he might be a streamable guy. Um, Marcus Mariota, I'm passing on him. Uh, these are the guys that I'm seeing uh, on the waiver wires here. Uh, Case Keenum, he's only rostered in 1.2% uh, percent, 1.2% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. He's not a guy I want to start against Dallas, but he is a guy that I might want to stash for maybe a bye week upcoming for one of my quarterbacks. I might want to have this guy on my team um, just because it looks like he has a good feel for the offense. We spoke about him before, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, again, uh, he's going up against the Texans this week. Not necessarily a throw-in and start, although the Texans are 21st against the quarterback. One game sample size. They just played last night against Drew Brees. Uh, Let's not take that into account. But Gardner Minshew has a high ceiling. You might want to grab him now and stash him for later. Uh, You might need him in a bye week. And then last up, Joe Flacco. He didn't look so bad last night uh, although next week playing against the bears not a start but maybe a stasher okay. uh, that's what i got for quarterbacks kev what are we doing with the running back position anybody there you see uh viable for picking up <coughs> absolutely oh sorry i didn't mean to cough into the mic ladies and gentlemen but adrian peterson is on the bench in two out of my 12 fantasy leagues you have to pick up Adrian Peterson, especially if you had Darius. Guys, even if you just want a, a nice starting running back, but I will say he's limited. Now, Adrian Peterson is taking on Dallas, who has a really, really good defense. They're very good at middle linebacker. However, so is Adrian Peterson. He was a 1,000-yard rusher last year, but he is limited. He's only going to get the ball on first and second down. He's not their third down back. That is for Chris Thompson to take care of. Also, you have we have Mosert from the 49ers, who's taking on Cincinnati this week coming up if you need a running back he is absolutely streamable especially with Tevin Coleman going down but I know there's a little bit of a running back share probably going into the future with these guys but 
between him and Breda, which uh, he's also available in some leagues that I see see now, given that uh, everybody was on Tevin Coleman to work for, uh, to be with them during the year. He, would, he was going to be the lead guy. So those are a few of the running backs that I see on my list. There's nobody else that uh, there's nobody else that really intrigues me of somebody who can immediately help you in this in this point in time. Yeah, um, if Giovanni Bernard is out there sitting on the waiver wire, he's definitely a guy you want to add with the uncertainty of mixing because he could very well come right in and 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 uh, be a starter for you at a flex position or RB two. Uh, Kevin mentioned Raheem Mostert. He is another guy. They're going up against the 12th rated defense against the run in Cincinnati. Moser could be a guy that you could insert if you were the Tevin Coleman owner or uh, the Darius Geis owner. This could be a guy that you can plug and play. Um, Giovanni Bernard is going up against the 16th rated rush defense in San Fran. Last running back on my list is Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay. He is going up against Carolina Panthers. They are the 26th rated defense against the run. Um, they play Thursday. So if you get Ronald Jones and you need a guy, you're going to have to plug him in and play him right away. He might not be the guy you want to do it, but if you're in a jam, I think it's viable. That's all I got for running backs. Kev, what are we doing with wide receivers? Oh, boy. Is the receiver waiver wire just jam packed with potential? In in one league I'm looking at here, Christian Kirk is on there. Now I know he didn't have a good he didn't have a good showing in the game. His next game is Baltimore. Not a great game to pick him. I'm hoping somebody wants to miss on him so I can add him to my bench. He had despite his four catches, he had 12 targets. He's being looked at. He wanted, uh, he was trying to get the ball to him. Kyler Murray likes him. So uh, please, if he's on if he's on your if he's on your team now, I don't think he's going to be able to help you next week. and Or maybe he does, but uh, the Baltimore Ravens is not a good matchup for Christian Kirk coming into this week. Now, Jimmy Smith is hurt for the Ravens, so that could help with that. But overall, as a team, they're really good. John Ross, the John third. John Ross. He is, he is probably, ding, 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 ding. He is probably the number one receiver right now. With the he's w- only rostered in 4.8% of fantasy leagues. Ridiculous. ESPN fantasy league, excuse me. No problem. And John Ross, you got you got to put him on your league. They're going to be slinging it. You have Chris Conley, who's taking on Houston coming up this weekend, who's on a bunch of 12-team benches. Nobody wanted, everybody wanted D.D. Westbrook. Everybody forgot about the other three receivers. Rostered in only 8.8% of ESPN fantasy leagues. Man, uh, and we also have Terry McLaurin from the Redskins, who's also on three of my 12-team fantasy league waiver wire benches, who's playing Dallas this week. Not the best of uh, matchups for him, given that Washington, but also Washington is probably going to be down in this game, so they're going to have to throw it a good amount. So he might be a good lead for you. Danny Amendola, who is, who is playing the Los Angeles Chargers this week, which could be a good matchup. They don't have James back there right now. Danny Amendola seems to be looked at after the first game. We don't. We only have one sample size, so we can't make too many predictions right now. But he's also a great pick, and you also have DJ Shark Chark from the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had a really good game this weekend, and he's taking on Houston this week. So we will see. We will see. So those are some of the top guys at receiver, and still a few going down after that. You have Latimer from the Giants, Cobb from Dallas, Quincy Inunua, Aguilar from Philly. This is why I wait till later to draft receivers in 
um, in fantasy because there's so much value out there. You can get a guy who's projected to get that 9, 11, uh, 9, 10, 11 points, and as long as they score a touchdown, they have a great day. How about you, Vince? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much to add to that. You kind of hit most of the guys. Um, even Cole Beasley might be a guy you want to you want to add. Twenty four point one percent rostered in ESPN fantasy leagues. Uh, he had um, five receptions for forty yards. I believe that's good for nine points. That's a solid flex spot if you need it. Kev hit the nail on the head with a lot of these guys. Danny Amendola. Keep your eye on Trey Quinn. Wide receiver from Washington. Yes. He's only rostered in 3.5% leagues. Um, not this week. Again, you know, these are guys that you just want to some – some of these guys you need to add right away. John Ross, he's a guy. Danny Amendola, Marquise Brown. Uh, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. If they're, if they're on the waiver wire, you want to add them this week. Not necessarily plug and play, but those are guys that you want to add. Um we believe they have long-term future value for you as far as your team is concerned, even as a backup. And those bye weeks, they come up real fast. Week four will be here in no time. You're going to gonna have to fill in for some of your best guys, and you're going to have to get them. You're gonna have to get some production out of that. So make sure you're thinking ahead on, on, with some of these teams. But uh, Kevin, I see eye-to-eye a lot on the wide receiver waiver ads. Next up, tight ends. What we got, Kev? The top in 12-team leagues, it's just it's easy. It's Hawkinson who's playing the Los Angeles Chargers this week. He was phenomenal. He had seven catches. He had over 100 yards in uh, in in their tie with the Arizona Cardinals over the weekend. Dallas Goddard is on the top, and then Jason Witten. It's very weak at tight end because everybody wants two tight ends. There's only a few. I know Tyler Eifert is also available who plays San Francisco, but none of these guys really, uh, no, but none of these guys really get me excited other than Hawkinson. I think he's just going to be wonderful for the Detroit Lions. He's going to be a pass catcher, and they're going to be down a lot, and they're going to need us to score a lot of points, and he's going to benefit from that. How about you, Vince? Um, I'm seeing uh, Darren Waller out there too. Your oh, boy. really? I don't have, yeah. I don't see him anywhere. Yeah, I'm seeing him out there in a few leagues, and he's uh, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in the 14th ranked defense against the tight end. Um, he is owned in 29% of fantasy leagues. And then, like you said, Jason Witten, he's not a bad one, only owned in 15% of fantasy leagues. Uh, that's really it, though. You, you kind of hit the nail on the head. There's really not a lot of guys out there. Tyler Eifert, only owned in 12% of ESPN fantasy leagues. These are guys you might want to stash uh, for your, your tight end bye week. Um, that's all I got for this. Next up, defenses. Where you got, Kev? Anything out there that sticks out to you? Most of the big ones are taken. Uh, what's left here? There's a few teams that have some good matchups. I don't know how you feel about the the Patriots D is probably the number one uh, waiver wire defense getting picked up this if week. If they're on the list. If they're on the list because they're, they're playing Miami this week. There's not a lot of other defenses out there that really, really get me excited. Or uh, I don't feel that you know, there's anything for you to be excited about. But I will say the number one waiver wire pickup will probably be the Patriots you have to look at your matchups if you look at look at where these these offensive teams ranked last year take into account what you saw from from week uh weekend one of the NFL season and try to take the best defense possible but uh, sometimes it takes work for that I do like to pick one defense to stick with it so that's my way but if you go back and forth you have to find the best matchup yeah um the only ones I'm seeing out there that are that are any what serviceable uh, for a bye week filler. Texans D going up against Jacksonville's offense. Yes, Gardner Minshew looked good, 
but now he has a week to sit down and stew over it. I don't know if he's going to perform as well. Um, it's not. I'm not saying this is the best option. This is just what I'm seeing out there. Cowboys defense at Washington, not a bad you know spot start if you need a defense. Yes, Washington's offense did look good, but this is a better defense than the Eagles defense. Uh, defenses are thin. It's all about matchups, but but if the Patriots defense is out there, that's going to probably be the number one waiver ad this week. That's all I got for my waiver wire Wednesday ads. I have one more. Talk to me. On three of my seasons, I continue to see the Titans. The okay. Titans are a legitimate defense. They are a defense that you want to keep around your team consistently. They are very good. Keep them in mind as a long-term defense for your team throughout the season. And that is my last one for today. And that is it for waiver wire roundups. All right, y'all. We are back. And you are listening to the First Pick Podcast. This is your boy, Vinny Goombots. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Vinny Goombots. V-I-N-N-Y-G-O-O-M-B-O-T-S. And you can find the podcast at The First Pick Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, and The First Pick Pod on Facebook. Kev, where could they find you and where could they listen to us? At BiggestBoss76 on Instagram and Twitter. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Podcoin, and the Big Dog iTunes. Please rate, review, Interact anywhere. Share, share, yes, share. That's another one. I I never say that one. I agree. Share, y'all. Share. We need it. We need it. We want to grow. We want to get good. Hopefully, if you like what we're doing here, share. Shout us out. While we're on that, I want to give a thank you to uh, my boy AJ. Um, AJ put a big story on on Instagram. Uh, Shouted out the podcast. Lengthy at that. It was like about a solid minute and uh, said, uh, you know, thank you to um, our, our, our lineups and uh, basically giving him some good input that helped him win his fantasy matchup. And he uh, wound up pulling out a, a win in the listener league. Okay. So uh, I appreciate that, AJ, and, and thank you. Uh, those are the kind of things we need to help us grow. And if you like what we're doing here, that's going uh, to get us to grow. So we appreciate that. Absolutely. Kev, you said... Uh, you said you had a little little breaking news? There is some breaking what, news. What happened? It looks like the Jets traded the Patriots for a 2020 round pick to receive Demarius mm. Thomas. Mm, mm, mm. How are you feeling? That I must like feel it. good. I, think I like right. it. I mean, I think uh, I think Demarius still got something left in the tank. Yes. Uh, I can't see how it doesn't help us out. And if the Pats want to take a sixth-round 2021 pick, that's cool. Like we just uh, ironically spoke about, I think it's the ultimate disrespect when you trade inside your division because you're pretty much saying we don't we don't need you. Right. But uh, I think that that shows that my Jets aren't happy with their receiving core. I'm not really happy with the receiving core, but bringing this guy in, I feel a little bit more confident. We have a nice veteran wide receiver. That's something I always said is important with a young quarterback. Our receiving core is young. Crowder, Anunwa. Robbie Anderson. Crowder's a veteran. Josh though. Bellamy. Crowder's a vet. I mean, yeah, how many I, years he's got in the league? Four or five? All right, like, yeah, ahead, you could you can all fact check on that, and I'll I'll elaborate. Uh, the wide receivers are young, and the tight end is young. Uh, you know, Le'Veon's probably the the elder statesman on the offense, aside from anybody on the offensive line. I like the move. Uh, 2021 sixth round pick. I ain't worried about it. 
I'm not worried about that. D. Thomas, welcome to the Big Apple. I'm cool with it, and uh, I hope he can get on the field and make a contribution ASAP. I I agree, man. I agree, man. So what is we're about to dig into this Thursday night game? What is your outlook so far? So uh, I'm gonna tell talk about the spread first. You got the Carolina Panthers at home minus six and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our total sits at fifty and a half right now. Uh, just at first glance. Carolina minus six and a half is going to be the wager there. That's just at first glance. I'm going to dive in more. There's a few, uh, you know, obviously we got a few days before uh, Thursday. This is probably the time of the year that I can't stand Tuesday and Wednesday because there's nothing to do. But that's when I catch up on my shows. I got to catch up on my power and my uh, Peaky Blinders. Maybe I'll talk to my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Still mad, still mad at her about that Jimmy Graham deal. Huh? I, I think we've moved on. I, I thought about going down to the courthouse and getting papers, but I was like, you know what? I love her. I'll stay with her, even though I really want Jimmy Graham. Yeah, but if team. Jimmy Graham gets two touchdowns this week, you might. Uh, go, I don't you might, know. You I, might, I, I got a good lawyer if you need to call. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be looking up uh, Johnny Cochran. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Lisa, but I'm gonna have to side with Kevin on this one. You need to trade that man, Jimmy Graham, all right, before he turns his back to you in the bed again. And just real quick, Jamison Crowder is in his fifth season in the NFL. I okay. think that that's veteran level. After three years, man, you you either veteran or you're not. I think um I think that's going to be a good poll segment. We're going to check uh maybe Twitter and Instagram. We'll put up a little poll and see what our listeners think of that. What is the quote unquote? veteran age for NFL. Okay. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. You if you make good? it to another contract, you're a veteran. I, I think okay. after, after the third year, you're a you're veteran. A vet. Really? And, and Three years. Because at, that's the average life of an expectancy of the player. So, ah, okay. And, and so after three years, either you're on a team or you're not. Most okay. of the time, either you're going home or you stay around. And if you stay around, that means you got it. You're a veteran. Not that you can't grow, but the life of a football player is so short. So after three or four, man, you're in. Okay. Um, Tampa Bay plus six and a half at Carolina. You like anything here? And then we got the total sitting at 50 and a half. You like anything here? Uh, I don't think over under aside anything. No, not really. I, but I lean towards Tampa Bay. I don't think they're as bad as they presented in San Francisco. Um, but it seems like something I want to stay away from. Okay. I, I feel like you're taking a huge chance by going with Tampa Bay on this game. And I also think you're taking a huge chance by going with uh, a Carolina who can obviously uh, Cam had a pretty good efficiency, but he didn't do too well in the touchdown area. He didn't do too much else. So I'm staying away from these guys totally. Yeah, I try not to wager on uh, divisional games that much. Um, I do focus on totals. This total seems kind of high for me, but... uh. You know, from last week, um, Tampa Bay fell, I believe, just a few points shy, depending on your number from the from hitting the over. And I believe Carolina did go over the total as well. Uh, I lean towards the over, but that's usually more the public side. It being on a Thursday night, that also uh, it's it's a isolated game, which means most of the public is going to be betting it just because that's the only thing on TV. And usually public bettors take the favorite and the over. So if I do like the Panthers, I'm going to jump on this thing now at minus six and a half. So I don't have to sweat the seven, the touchdown. But um, overall, I think this is going to be a pass for me. As far as the fantasy sides, I think Cam bounces back. 
There's no question you leave Christian McCaffrey in your starting lineup. That goes without saying. Absolutely. Um, I don't know about Greg Olson, though. Uh, I, I don't know if, if that's a guy that you have no choice to start. You, you can't go wrong there. But at the same time, you know, I'm not crazy about him starting. Wide receiver, TJ Moore, he wasn't impressive, but he wasn't terrible. He, you know, he could be a flex start. The problem I always have with Thursday night is you want sure things because once they're in there, you got to stare at that for the next three days until Sunday. Yep. So, uh, I'm going to pass on DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel unless I literally have nobody else available in those spots. And at this point in the season, there's no bye weeks. So unless you have an injury to a wide receiver or you're in, like our listener league, a 16-team league, and you have no other choice, I think out of those two, DJ Moore is going to be the guy because I'm still kind of uh, wait and see on Curtis Samuel. Okay. What do you feel about the Carolina Panthers as far as their fantasy outlook? Uh, and then we'll jump to uh, Tampa Bay. And um, Christian Caffrey is going to be the guy. He yeah. is He is going to be the offense. I think the offense is kind of limited because – they don't use Cam running anymore. Cam is now just a throwing quarterback. I wish they would use Cam running more and more running plays, things like that, to get him going. But now his ankles hurt, as that happened there at the end of the preseason. But I think McCaffrey's going to be good. I think DJ Moore should be treated as a number one receiver here on the way out. Um, I think Tampa Bay's defense is going to improve throughout the year. Obviously, they didn't have a good opening, but with Devin White, some of these players getting better, I think they'll be okay. And I also, I if I have Greg Olson, I'm starting Greg Olson. Okay. Uh, I'm not starting any of these two defenses. I want no parts of that. No. That's kind of why I lean towards the over. It's just a high total, and I think that it will be bet up. Uh, before game time right now, it sits at 50 and a half. I believe this thing will get to 51, um, maybe 52 somewhere between them before game time. So the defense is I'm not with it. Cam, I'm a little hesitant. Uh, I do think he bounces back. Obviously, anything, he's going to do better than five fantasy points. But he is going up against the eighth-rated defense against the quarterback. Keep in mind, people, this is only a one-game sample size. But it is something to keep your eye on. So uh, that's that's all I got on the uh, Carolina Panthers side of the ball for Tampa Bay. I'm not touching Jameis Winston. If I have to stream him, he's not a guy I want. The Carolina Panthers are sixth against the quarterback. Um, I'm not messing with Jameis. And if I have him as my starter, I hope there's another guy on my bench because I'm not doing it. I agree fully, but I still believe in the receivers. I believe in the idea of how good Jameis is at getting the ball down the field. That's the one thing he is great at is getting deep balls down the field. I really hope that Byron Leftwich kind of gets that and stops doing these short dink and dunk kind of stuff, trying to turn him into the quarterback that he was. Byron Leftwich, he is far, far more talented than you are. Let him free. He doesn't have to play quarterback like you did, but... I have Godwin going this week. I'm, there's no question I'm playing him. And if you have Mike Evans, no question you play him. What about O.J. Howard and Brait? What do you think about those two? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see how they uh, – it's tough, man, because I have O.J. Howard in one of my lineups. I think O.J. Howard's going to be the guy. They're going up against the 27th rated defense against a tight end. Brait is a more touchdown-dependent guy. If for some reason you have a tight end that's hurt – or you already don't like the guy and you're looking to add someone, Cameron Braid ain't the guy at this point in time. He might be a dude later down the line that gets a little bit going, but he's literally going to be a guy that gets like two receptions, 28 yards, and a touchdown. That's the only way you're going to get points. 
I think O.J. Howard bounces back, um, and I see a good performance, especially because, you know, the Rams don't have solid tight ends with Everett and Higby, and they were still able to get the ball a little bit. Right. I think Howard's going to be able to expose uh, the Panthers' defense in the red zone there. I'm hopeful because if uh, if I don't make a move in one of my leagues, I'm going to have to start O.J. Howard, even though I'm not crazy about it. But I do have Mark Andrews there, and I can't see myself benching O.J. Howard. Um, Mark Andrews is probably going to be my guy that I start, but uh, you know, I, I, because it's a Thursday night game, it's going to be tough for me to bench O.J. Howard, and I know I'm going to regret it if he has a solid game, at least 20-something points. And part of the problem is on Thursday night games, they've been notorious for having one team blow the other out quite often because these guys are turning around and playing a sport that's very difficult to play and recover in four days. So one or one side or the other winds up getting blasted while the other one uh, goes goes away happy and has an extra few days of rest before they get back to it for the following week. But I am hands down going with, if we're going money line here, I'm obviously taking the Panthers in this game. If, if we're talking about points, I'm staying away from all of it. One more thing I want to talk about is Ronald Jones. Uh, he's a waiver wire ad, and I think he's a guy that you could literally pick up off the waiver and plug him into your running back two or even potential flex spot. Um, he got a lot of attempts last time. He got 13 attempts last game, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going up against the 26th rated defense against the run. Again, I have to say it, guys. It's only a one-game sample size, but it does mean something. Um, Ronald Jones is a guy that I will plug and play if I can find him. And if I'm in a jam where I don't like my running back or I'm the Darius Geis owner or the Joe Mixon owner um, or the Tevin Coleman owner. This is a guy that could possibly get you, you know, anywhere between 10 to 15 points. Obviously, on the high side, you want more than that. But even if not, pick up Ronald Jones and stash him and watch him Thursday. He could be a guy that could be a starter down the line just off of the load that he got on Sunday. Uh, overall, I think Carolina wins the game. I think they cover the six and a half easily. I think it's going to be like a 10 or even a two score, two score game. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know if I'm going to wager on it just cause I don't like wagering on divisional games at this number. Uh, divisional games for me are, tend to be a little bit more close. So, uh, that's all I got there. Carolina Panthers in the over is my leans. Um, but I'm not making a play on it as of now. Agreed. Carolina wins. All right, people. That's going to wrap up episode 10. Uh, we do not have a bullpen this episode, but please stay tuned for episode 11, our bullpen with a potential guest. Um, it's going to be a nice one, going to be uh, something a little different, bringing someone else into the bullpen, somebody with some experience in what we're going to discuss. So please tune in to episode 11, and we want to thank you for listening to episode 10. We hope you like the format of the breakdown of NFL week one. If you have anything to say, please send us direct messages, uh, rate, review us, send us comments. We need to help grow. We need to know what you guys want to hear. Kev, what you got? Nothing. I agree. Okay, cool. Uh, Once again, thank you guys for listening to the First Pick Podcast. This is your boy, Vinny Goombats, and Big Kev. See you on Friday. Later.